Monday, the 27th of November, as we come off of the Thanksgiving holiday and the Feast of Christ the King, let's pray together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Blessed be the God of our salvation. You have brought all things into being. We, your creatures, thank you. You have made us in your image and redeemed us in your love. We, your children, thank you. You have destined us for everlasting life in your presence. We, your people, Thank you. O God, the giver of all good gifts, our desire to praise you is itself a blessing that you have bestowed upon us. We cannot offer you anything that you do not already have, except our love, which we render to you in worship and in service to all whom you redeem in Jesus Christ. Grant us glad gratitude in him who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. It is a better way to start a fresh week after a uh, kind of hectic one, but hopefully a joyful one, maybe a little peaceful. If you are uh, like me, you're tired, but you're kind of good tired, right? It's a, There's a lot that happens when you uh, scatter across the country and regather after all that fun Thanksgiving stuff. And now we head towards the first week of Advent. It is on now. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has our video feed up and running in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. We're going to take a look at This Week in Catholic History with Kevin Schmeezing, as we do to kick off every week. Dr. Jeffrey Morrow is part of the Ascension Press Catholic Guide to the Old Testament. We are in 2nd Maccabees already. We've been plowing through uh, the uh, Old Testament with Dr. Morrow. Father John Gavin will talk about St. Irenaeus on the Eucharist and the Resurrection in our ongoing series with him on how the Church Fathers are quoted in the Catechism. And then Dr. Matthew Bunsen will discuss the latest involving the Holy Father, and the German bishops. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. Results are negative from a CAT scan performed on Pope Francis over the weekend. The Vatican press office said the Pope had a slight flu-like condition, and the CAT scan was taken to rule out any issues with his lungs. The Holy Father did cancel his Saturday audiences and delivered his Sunday Angelus address from the chapel in his residence instead of at St. Peter's Square, and an aide was the one who read it out. Those who gathered in St. Peter's Square watched the address on a jumbo screen television. The Pope is scheduled to attend this weekend's COP28 conference on climate change in Dubai. The Holy Father, who turns 87 on December 17th, was last hospitalized for a few days in late March due to a respiratory infection. During his Angelus address yesterday, the Holy Father reiterated his prayers for the Holy Land and for Ukraine. Meanwhile, a young Israeli-American child is among the hostages being reunited with family members now after being released on the third day of a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. Mark Mayfield has the story. President Biden confirmed four-year-old Abigail Edan arrived safely back in Israel on Sunday in exchange for Palestinian prisoners. Speaking to reporters in Nantucket, Massachusetts, Biden said he's hopeful a four-day truce can be extended so all of the hostages, including other Americans, can safely return to their families. I'm Mark Mayfield. 
Memorial services for First Lady Rosalind Carter are set to begin today. The former First Lady will lie in repose in the lobby of the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library in Atlanta for members of the public to pay their respects. Rosalind Carter's funeral will be held Wednesday in Plains, Georgia, where she will be buried at the family residence. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will be attending the service in Georgia on Tuesday at Emory University. The wife of former President Jimmy Carter passed away earlier this month at the age of 96. Back to the Angelus Address, Pope Francis reflected on the Feast of Christ the King. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. In his prepared remarks, read by Monsignor Paolo Brida, the Secretary of State, the Pope recalled when the Gospel speaks to us about the final judgment, telling us it will be based on our care for one another through charity and mercy. Recalling the scene described in the Gospel of a great hall where Jesus is seated on a throne and all the peoples of the world are gathered at his feet, he said, the blessed are shown to be friends of the king. They're the ones who fed the hungry, took care of the sick and needy, and visited prisoners. Indeed, the criteria of Jesus, the Pope said, places importance on those serving the needy, the weakest, those who need our help. And this is because the Son of Man is a completely different king who calls the poor brethren, who identifies with the hungry, the thirsty, the outsiders, the sick, the imprisoned, and says, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. The Pope said the gospel underscores that the blessed are those who show loving mercy through their service to people needing our help and companionship by not ignoring them or turning them away, but by providing food, drink, clothing, shelter, and accompaniment. They're the friends of the king as they distinguish themselves by following his example through compassion, mercy, and tenderness. The Pope in his reflections recommended we examine our own lives and how much we recognize and believe in the centrality of mercy, the power of love, how charity is indispensable for believers, and if we are a friend of the king in being personally involved in the needs of the suffering people we find on our path. In conclusion, he said, may Mary, Queen of Heaven and Earth, help us to love Jesus, our King, in the least of our brethren. I'm Thaddeus Jones. Parts of the country are seeing cold weather as people head home from the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. In the Great Lakes region, below average temperatures will trigger lake effect snow and travel could be dangerous in parts of the Midwest into the Northeast. Heavy rain is also possible along the Gulf Coast and Mid-Atlantic into New England. And it's what they call Cyber Monday today. Everybody's back to work and shopping for deals online at work for huge discounts. Analysts say, though, beware of scams and do your research. If you want to purchase something and don't know much about the company, Google the name and type scam or research after it or contact the Better Business Bureau. Okay. Always got to be vigilant if you're looking for those deals. Some of them yes, you do. might be too good to be true. So I don't ever go, okay, so none of these people are sponsors of the Sunrise Morning Show. So this is all free pub. Actually, it's I, I don't know that it's going to show every single one of these companies in a good light. But I was coming home, so we did Thanksgiving in East Tennessee, and then we, uh, the next morning, set back out to, uh, to head eastward towards uh, where I live these days. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we're passing through Bristol, 
you know, home of Bristol Motor Speedway. Oh, There's yeah, a Bass yeah. Pro off the exit. And we're like, oh, we should stop at Bass Pro, see if anything's cool going on today. I forgot that it's Black Friday. Oh, you ever boy. been in Bass Pro oh, on a Black Matt. Friday, Anna Mitchell? Matt, Matt. I got wow. this flannel. So, uh, and well, then, that's nice. You look great. And then we went further on and decided we were going to stop somewhere in Virginia. They just happened to have like an outlet, you know, mm-hmm. nearby. And we're like, we got to get dinner somewhere. And I had forgotten in all my hours on the road in between that it was still Black Friday. Oh, Matt. So uh went into an Orvis and an L.L. Bean, did not buy anything because I already got my flannel. Yeah. But, uh, nice yeah, I managed flannel. to be in a, in a Bass Pro, an Orvis, and an L.L. Bean on Black Friday without meaning to do either one of those three things. I did not go shopping. It's better for you. At all. Until I... I bought gas on Black Friday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Gas and a flannel. Gas and a flannel. Not bad. Not bad at all. I mean... I don't need much. Cyber Monday, I don't need much anything at all. I've been I've been getting blasted, but uh, of course, Giving Tuesday is tomorrow, yeah, I and I know that say. the Sunrise Morning Show is someone you if you're if you're up every morning listening to us, then I hope you. Uh, if you're here this early with us, please make a gift for on Giving Tuesday. Bear in mind that your local Catholic radio station also runs on listener support, as does EWTN. So yep. keep that. It's nine minutes past the hour. Let's take a look at this week in Catholic history with Kevin Schmeising. He's the author of A Catholic Pilgrimage Through American History. Kevin, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Let's start off with some Carmelite history. Some Carmelite history. It's a chapter of church history that lies at the intersection of the lives of two well-known saints. The reform of the Carmelite order this week in 1568. Mount Carmel is in Palestine. It's the spot where Jewish tradition holds The showdown occurred between the prophet Elijah and the prophets of the false god Baal. During the crusading period in the 12th century, a group of pilgrims formed a community there, and that developed into the order of Mount Carmel, the Carmelites. As the crusaders retreated, the Carmelites returned to Europe, and they spread there, including in Spain, where Teresa of Jesus entered the convent at Avila in 1535. Teresa was convinced... Sorry. Teresa was convinced that the order had strayed from its original spirit and so determined to restore its focus on discipline and prayer. The reformed branch of the order would be known as discalced, meaning without shoes. They wore sandals. She founded a reformed house for women in 1562, and a year later, St. John of the Cross joined the men's order. After he was ordained in 1567, he met St. Teresa, who inspired him to undertake a similar reform. So on November 28th, this week in 1568, John and another friar founded the first Reformed House for Men, which developed into the separate order of discalced Carmelites, and so this date is often seen as the founding of the new order. St. Teresa and St. John faced an array of challenges within the Carmelites and the church more generally, but they managed to weather the storms. Both of them became canonized saints, of course, but also great mystics and doctors of the church. The discalced Carmelites spread around the world. Today, there are about 4,000 friars and 12,000 nuns, including in the United States, where they have houses from Boston to Colorado to, appropriately enough, Carmel, California. The discalced Carmelites, this week, 1568. All right, since you mentioned California, you got to head over to the other big state, Texas, and mention some history related to there. Yeah, Matt, uh, this one has an entire chapter in my book, but I'll give you the short version of the story. Uh, It's the dedication of St. Mary's Cathedral in Galveston, Texas, this week in 1848. 
There were Franciscan missions in Texas as early as the 1600s, but the status of the church there was unstable in the face of hostility from natives and then strife between Anglo settlers and Hispanic residents. Texas rebelled and achieved independence from Mexico in the 1830s, at which point French priests coming from the U.S. began working in the region. One of those was Jean-Marie Odin, who would become the first bishop of the new Diocese of Galveston in 1847. The Church of St. Mary was the first church in Galveston. That's an island city in the Gulf of Mexico. Odin had himself paid most of the cost for the original modest wood frame structure, but with the establishment of the new diocese, and the continued growth of the local church, there was quickly need for a new building. So construction began in 1847, half a million bricks to make a grand cruciform Gothic edifice. Overcoming financial and weather obstacles, the structure arose in due course, and the Cathedral of St. Mary was dedicated by Bishop Odin on November 26, this week in 1848. In a letter after the ceremony, he wrote, this building which gave me so much anxiety will, I hope, contribute to the strengthening and the propagation of the faith. In 1878, a statue of Mary, Star of the Sea, was added to one of the cathedral's three towers. By that time, Odin was gone. He died during the First Vatican Council in 1870. I think we may have uh, lost our feed there. Ah, well, it happens. Hopefully, uh, you heard a lot of things related to history to carry you through on a Monday morning. Well, why don't we check out weather for the nation? Let you know what's happening in this uh, last several days before we kick off the Advent season. Rain showers lingering up and, I'm sorry, areas of low pressure will continue to move through the northern half of the nation where snow, mixed precipitation, and rain will fall across the Great Lakes and northeast states. Lake effect snow will continue through the day in northern Wisconsin, Michigan, eastern Ohio, as well as the high country of West Virginia and western PA. A mix of rain and snow will hit New York, Vermont, northern New Hampshire, and northern Maine. Otherwise, rain falls along the New England coastline during the morning hours. Behind all that, the rest of the U.S. stays dry and calm as high pressure dominates the west. However, at the south tip of Texas, a few isolated rain showers cannot be ruled out as we head toward the evening. We got headlines coming up with Anna Mitchell right after this. It's 14 minutes past the hour. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah 
at sacredheartradio.com. Have you ever wished you could listen to EWTN on a local radio station? Maybe our Lord is speaking to your heart to help make that happen. Don't let a lack of experience hold you back. Find out how you can help start a Catholic radio station where you live, powered by the truth of the church and EWTN's dynamic radio programming. Email Steve at this address, radio at EWTN.com. 16 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with headlines. The Holy See press director says Pope Francis has no fever and is clearly improving from flu-like symptoms over the weekend. During his Angelus address yesterday, the Holy Father reiterated his prayers for the Holy Land and for Ukraine. And President Biden says he's talking with leaders in the Middle East in an effort to extend a four-day ceasefire in the Holy Land War. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Anna Mitchell, it's always kind of weird that week between Christ the King. Yeah, it's still ordinary time, technically. Of Advent, because we've technically got a few more days. Mm-hmm. Even though we sort of closed out the liturgical year, like, with a blast yesterday, um, we still got a couple of days to sort of linger until we really hit Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And lock into Advent. But what this means is that I feel like we've got more time to prep and think. Well, it's time to buy your Advent, Advent candles. Right. Um, Don't forget. And this is like one of the few times where you can really do an Advent, like, wreath workshop or something. And it makes, like, the timing works really well. Because yeah. you want to have the timing to where you've got the candles before Advent starts. But often if you try and pull it off on a... Thanksgiving weekend, people all all over the place because, you know, that Saturday can be a big travel day Mm -hmm. where people are gone. Mm -hmm. So you got an opportunity here. Yeah. Uh, So, but but I would say that no matter what, if you can, do the home Advent candle thing. I know they're going to do it up front in the church. Sometimes they pick a different family to light it each week. Sometimes, you know, there's, there's different ways that different parishes do it. But I'd say if you've got the opportunity and the access to put one at your house, even if it's just you, uh, it's worth doing the Advent calendar or the Advent wreath, rather, at the table. Uh, but especially if you've got little kids, and we talked mm-hmm. about this with, with a couple of different guests so far, yep. um, the opportunity to light things on fire every single night always, is pretty great. Always a great thing. Always a great thing. And it's neat, too, to be able to have that time with your kids to talk about what that means as you see the light constantly grow and and this anticipation that you can have when you're seeing the the one purple candle are you want to do you um do you light the same purple candle like if you do it let's say you do it at dinner time right yes and so do you light the same purple candle every night of the oh, first advent week one of advent? is advent one right the whole time Advent two is Advent two. The pink one's the pink one. The whole so time. that like, you have well, of course the pink so it's down to like a like a nub. Like yeah, exactly. And but, and I think the the anticipation in doing that. Oh, Paul's yelling rose in my ear instead oh, of pink. Yeah. That's Paul right. Paul Lockman, the, the liturgical rose. purist. <laughs> so the uh, the other <laughs> the, the other thing I was just going to say is 
you know, we're going to come up with, we're going to share tons and tons. We already have shared several of like really cool and creative things that you can do as a family Mm -hmm. uh, to help get your kids into Advent. And those are all great. And I'm, you know, going to do, you know, some things that I've never tried before. But if you're like really intimidated by all that stuff, you don't have to complicate it. No. You know, if people are like, what's, what, what can I do? What can I do? Like literally buy four candles and like let your kids have access to fire. Yeah. Every night. Yeah. Before you eat, you You'd don't even surprised. need a wreath. Wreath, like I don't have. No, a, you can just do like actual a, wreath. You I can buy one of those metal sticks. circles with four holes in it. Yeah, I just use candlesticks. Yeah, or you, you can put, get four candlesticks. Um, last year, actually, because I was a little late in buying my Advent mm-hmm. candles, I bought um, I bought three purple and one pink. In like Pillar their candles own or... little glass jars, you know. Oh, you can do that too, like yeah. the votives. Yeah. Or you can do like three purple pillar candles and a pink pillar candle. Yeah, and just stick them in the middle of the table. You got a craft store in your in your neighborhood. Yeah. Put them on a plate so that the wax doesn't. Do it up. Yeah. You don't have to do it crazy, but please try and do it. Where can you read why God replaced his created light with the light of the world? And find out how you can protect pro-life radio. Where can you see the big man that delivered the Sunrise Morning Show on video? And learn how we plan to sweeten the deal when Sacred Heart Radio visits your parish. Plus, get our QR card, the updated program schedule, and more in Sacred Heart Radio's Christmas newsletter. To get it, go to sacredheartradio.com and click newsletter sign up. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened, and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymaid.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust. Central Fabricators, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, custom builds and repairs corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. These are used to manufacture liquids used in everyday products like health and beauty aids, pharmaceuticals, and food. Central Fabricators uses the latest in technology and modern equipment to deliver quality products, and big orders are not a problem. Central Fabricators, ASME certified, and on the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center invites you to a weekend of prayer and renewal. As you begin a new year, take time to slow down, refocus, and experience the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. weekly Old Testament Bible study here on the Sunrise Morning Show using a Catholic guide to the Old Testament from Ascension Press. You can find it at ascensionpress.com slash Old Testament to pick up a copy for yourself. And back with us now is one of the contributors, Dr. Jeffrey Morrow. Good morning, Dr. Morrow. Good morning. It's great to be here. It is great to have you back. And we spoke last time about the first book of Maccabees. So this time around, we are on to the second book 
of Maccabees. If you have a Protestant Bible, this one is not in it. Um, but how does this relate to the first book of Maccabees? Well, it's a great question. So Second Maccabees covers some of the same history of First Maccabees with a little bit of a different focus. First Maccabees covers the entire Maccabean revolt against the Greek, um, kind of from a somewhat of a disinterested perspective. It's it's um it's kind of just trying to explain what happened. Whereas Second Maccabees focuses on a small section of that history with Judas Maccabeus and the revolt and the rededication of the temple and the persecution of the Jews with a focus on the importance of following God in the temple and the liturgy. So the guide tells me that Second Maccabees was written by a different author uh, than First Maccabees. What clues do we have to indicate that? Well, the fact that it's written in a different way. So, for example, Second Maccabees is actually the only book of the Old Testament where the author or editor... Um, speaks directly to the reader, okay? And so what, what, he, what he tells us is that he is redacting or editing a much larger history that Jason has written. So there's a much larger history that was written of, of the event, and his editor is giving, in a sense, an inspired account, a summation of the what's most important, focusing on the temple. So that kind of gives you a clue that this is a little bit different than First Maccabees. Does that larger history exist today? Do we have... It? We do not know of that. There are other books of Maccabees. There's a fourth Maccabees, for example, that um, has some of the some of the same stories that you have here, and it's much larger. And there are some Orthodox Christians who use that, but this is a bit this is different. So we don't actually do not have the five volume huge, massive work that he uh, describes at the outset. Okay. No. So um, as we dive into the second book of Maccabees to get to get a handle on it what uh, remind us of of who the main characters are that we sure. that we meet here and and kind of take take us through the story that we get from from second maccabees sure thing i would say i mean there's a lot of different characters that come up i think judas maccabeus the same characters are kind of some of the same major ones you had in first maccabees I and mean, i would highlight judas maccabeus um, um, who I grew up with, you know, calling Judah Maccabee. Is a, I grew up Jewish, so even though this yeah. book is not used in um, the Jewish in Jewish scriptures, it is actually used in Jewish tradition. Mm. And Antiochus the Fourth, Antiochus Epiphanes, who set himself up as a divine ruler, kind of the appearance of God, if you will. Um, those are kind of two of the big the big figures that you have. But there's also some little figures that that occur that you don't have in First Maccabees. One is an unnamed woman who watches her seven sons get tortured and killed for the faith. And she kind of expresses her own faith in the resurrection. And the other is Eliezer, whom we heard about today actually at Mass. It's the first reading for Mass for today. Eliezer is a holy Jewish man. He's a scribe. And he was refusing to break God's law. They're trying to force him to eat pork. And he refuses. He's even suggested to, you know, pretend. But he refuses so as not to give scandal. And he loses his life. Um, so those are some of the main characters we see. The basic book opens up with two letters that are written. And then we have this detailed history of a very small section of uh, what was covered in First Maccabees, where we hear about the, just the encouragement to celebrate the feast of Hanukkah, the feast of the rededication of the temple um, for the Jewish people, celebrating God's miraculous restoration of the temple um, against the odds, really, and the importance of celebrating fidelity to God. 
You mentioned that you grew up Jewish, and so yes. this was not in in your scriptures, which I think right. is why Martin Luther rejected it um, when exactly he decided right. to, uh, you know, take a look it, at what books were what books he believed belonged in in the Bible. Can you talk about you? But you said that it was part of your tradition. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yes, certainly. So as a kid, we would read stories. These are not like, they're not um, official stories, but they would be stories that would be read children's books about the Maccabean revolt, all coming from first and second Maccabees. And Hanukkah, of course, is a very important festival. We usually hear about the Talmudic story about the oil, the miracle of the oil, which is not in the books of Maccabees. But the rest of it is coming right out of first and second Maccabees. Ethiopian Jews to this day use these texts as scripture, but most Jews descended from Europe do not. Um, and Luther, yeah, so Luther, he didn't like Second Maccabees at all, because you have this, this praying on behalf of the dead, and the mm-hmm. dead can help us, that sort of thing. Um, but he did like some of the Deuterocanon. He really loved, really loved the book of Judith, that all Christians should read it, just he didn't think it was inspired. Interesting. Okay, so what are the major themes that we can glean from Second Maccabees as we're reading through it? Sure, sure. I would say the focus on the temple, that there's a real emphasis that this whole history, it's not that everything the Maccabees are doing is right. In fact, their claim to rulership doesn't fit what comes before. They're Levites, right? They're not of the tribe of Judah. Um, the killing of the Jews in the in first Maccabees, for example, who weren't following the law is not necessarily embraced. You don't really have any discussion of that here in second Maccabees. But the point really is that we need to guard, in a sense, the liturgy, that the liturgy is where we have this special privileged encounter with God, and some truths are worth dying for, right? Mm. That Eliezer not only wants to follow God's law to the point of death, but he doesn't want to cause scandal, even if he himself is not going to break God's law. He doesn't want people to think that he is, and then think that it's okay. Here's this old man that has a good reputation for being holy, he doesn't want to lead the faithful astray. I think those are the big themes. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jeffrey Morrow. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Pope Francis is, quote, clearly improving from flu-like symptoms over the weekend. That's according to Matteo Bruni, the director of the Holy See Press Office. In his latest update earlier today, Bruni said, quote, the Pope is in a good and stable condition. He has no fever and his respiratory situation is clearly improving, end quote. He confirmed as well that the Holy Father did undergo a CT scan over the weekend, which ruled out pneumonia but showed pulmonary inflammation that caused some breathing difficulties. The Holy Father canceled his Saturday audiences and had an aide read his Sunday Angelus address from the chapel at his residence in the Casa Santa Marta instead of in St. Peter's Square, Those gathered in the square watched his address on a jumbo screen. He told them, quote, today I cannot look out of the window because I have this problem of inflammation in my lungs. The reflection will be read by Monsignor Brida, who knows them well, because it is he who writes them and he always does them so well. He said, thank you very much for your presence, end quote. In his address, the Holy Father reiterated his prayers for the Holy Land and for Ukraine as well. 
From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. Pope Francis led the Angelus from his residence at Casa Santa Marta as he continues to deal with flu-like symptoms that have kept him from a number of his scheduled appointments. The Pope's Gospel Reflection and Post-Angelus Appeals were read by Monsignor Paolo Luca Braida, the head of office and the Secretary of State. The Holy Father thanked God for the pause in fighting between Israel and Hamas and for the exchange of hostages and prisoners being held by the warring parties. The Pope appealed, too, for prayers that all might be freed as soon as possible, urging us to think of their families. He also asked for prayers that more humanitarian aid might find its way to Gaza, while insisting on the need for dialogue. Those who do not want dialogue, he said, do not want peace. Pope Francis also noted yesterday's commemoration of the Holodomor, the genocide by starvation of millions of Ukrainians under the Soviet Union in the 1930s. That lacerating wound, instead of healing, is made even more painful by the atrocities of the war that continues to make that dear people suffer, the Pope said, in reference to the ongoing invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Pope Francis called for continued, untiring prayers for all peoples torn apart by conflict, saying that prayer is the force for peace that shatters the spiral of violence, breaks the cycle of vengeance, and offers unexpected paths of reconciliation. I'm Christopher Wells. President Biden says he's talking with leaders in the Middle East in an effort to extend a four-day ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. Biden said the goal is to allow the release of more hostages. Speaking to reporters in Nantucket, Massachusetts, the president expressed relief over Sunday's release of four-year-old Israeli-American Abigail Idan and other hostages. Biden called it the product of hard work and vowed to continue a diplomatic push until all the hostages are returned to their loved ones. Meanwhile, Senator Michael Bennett believes there is broad bipartisan support in the Senate for an aid package that includes Ukraine, but has conceded that support likely isn't there in the House. More from Mark Mayfield. Speaking on CBS Face the Nation, the Colorado Democrat was referring to President Biden's request for a combined $14 billion aid package that combines Ukraine, Israel, Southeast Asia, and the U.S.-Mexico border. Bennett stressed the importance of continuing support for Ukraine, not just for the country itself, but for democracy as a whole. Many House Republicans want to vote on aid to Ukraine to be separated from votes related to Israel and the U.S. southern border. I'm Mark Mayfield. Memorial services for First Lady Rosalind Carter are set to begin today. The former First Lady will lie in repose in the lobby of the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library in Atlanta for members of the public to pay their respects. Rosalind Carter's funeral will be held Wednesday in Plains, Georgia, and she will be buried at the family residence. More than 300,000 Honda Accords and HRVs are being recalled over potentially dangerous seatbelts. The recall affects 2023 and 2024 models. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour. To keep Pro-Life Radio alive next year, Sacred Heart Radio listeners will begin by raising $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. So ask everyone to listen now and to help us raise $60,000 on December 6th 
during our Advent Pledge Drive. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air, treating customers with integrity for over 90 years for heating, air conditioning, water heaters, plumbing, and more. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com. SKPHA.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers, doctors David and Michael Rothen, have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Monday, November the 27th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Nockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Going to be cold today, bundle up. Right now it's pretty cold with temperatures in the lower 30s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be mostly cloudy this morning with more sunshine this afternoon and a high of 36 degrees. Clear and cold tonight, an overnight low of 21. It'll feel more like 10. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and chilly with a high of 33 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mostly cloudy with a slight chance of a flurry today and cold with a high around 35 degrees. Partly cloudy and cold tonight with an overnight low of 19. Partly cloudy and cold tomorrow with a high of 30 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Download our app at sacredheartradio.com. The Sunrise Morning Show continues, and it is uh, just fascinating to be able to go through the catechism with Father John Gavin and look at where the church fathers are cited and the context of how they're cited, and we get to do that again today. Father Gavin, good morning. Good morning. We're back to our old friend, St. Irenaeus. Uh, Mm. Where do we see him today? Well, today we're looking at the section of the catechism that looks at Christ's resurrection and ours. And the subheading here is, how do the dead rise? So we're looking at the resurrection. And so each section, uh, the first one looks at what do we mean by rising from the dead? And, of course, looking at uh, the question of death, but also the reunion of soul and body uh, in the new spiritual body, and that is the resurrection. Then who will rise? The dead will rise. And then we come to the question of how. Uh, this is where St. Irenaeus is, uh, is cited, and so talking about Christ's uh, resurrection and what it will mean for us. All right, so do you want to read the passage or do you want me to? Because it's a beautiful passage. It is. Um, well, I, I can read it. Uh, so this is coming from uh, St. Irenaeus against the Heresies, uh, Book 4, and it starts out, uh, this is the introduction to the quotation, This how exceeds the how of the resurrection, exceeds our imagination and understanding. It is accessible only to faith, yet our participation in the Eucharist already gives us a foretaste of Christ's transfiguration of our bodies. And here's the quote. St. Irenaeus writes, Just as bread that comes from the earth, after God's blessing has been invoked upon it, is no longer ordinary bread, but Eucharist, formed of two things, the one earthly and the other heavenly. So, too, our bodies, which partake of the Eucharist, 
are no longer corruptible, but possess the hope of the resurrection. I love it. Uh, it's basically, <laughs> it's saying asking how the resurrection will happen is kind of like asking how the Eucharist happens. <laughs> right? right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and, and it even starts out in the introduction saying it is accessible only to faith, and yes, I mean, our eyes, of, uh, through the infused theological virtue of faith, recognize the real presence of Christ in, his, in the body and blood on the altar. But uh, at the same time, our, our faith also allows us to uh, see and anticipate the resurrection and the promises of our Lord. So there's, there's that link between the two. There is that link between the two. And, you know, I can't help but think of uh, how... When the apostles saw the resurrected of Je- resurrected Jesus, uh, they they had like a couple of different ways. Of, like in some ways, he was the same Jesus that they had seen before, and mm-hmm. in other ways, they thought he might be a ghost, right? Or right. there there are some he was he, he was recognizable by their eyes, but in some ways, sort of unrecognizable by their eyes. And I actually find that to be the case with uh, some people who. Um, don't know anything about Catholicism, but visit a Catholic church, right? And they don't, mm-hmm. they, they feel a presence, they see something, or they feel seen by something, is sometimes how they'll phrase it, right? And, and yet, mm-hmm. uh, they're looking at, you know, what to them looks like a gold box in the back of a room, or, or something like that. There's, I, it is that mystery, right, of something you can see, but something that there is beyond what you can see is, there's there's just layers and layers to kind of how the mind I mean, it makes sense, that phrase, it is accessible only to faith, I mean, I think kind of sums it up. Absolutely. And, and, it's, and what's wonderful is the way he makes that connection between the Eucharist and the resurrection, because uh, speaking about our eyes of faith, I mean, we're seeing something that is radically new in both. That, what I mean by that is the resurrection to life, it's, it's not something that human beings could anticipate or can bring about on their own, nor is it uh, the resurrection, uh, the kind of continuing resuscitation of a corpse, like, right, like these zombie movies, right? That, no, on, on the contrary, it's something radically new, the life that we see revealed to us in Christ. We can see the same thing in the Eucharist. Uh, something radically new has happened here in every celebration. Uh, yes, it is the representation of our Lord's offering on the cross, and yet, at the same time, it's something radically new and present before us, uh, his real presence, his real life, offered for us on the altar. You know, this isn't in the text here, but I wonder if you could comment on it, because I, I'm, I'm just, you know, sort of, you know, reflecting on how we refer to the Holy Spirit in the Creed as the Lord, the giver of life. And... Mm. um where where do we see this principle at work in the Eucharist, right? We uh, we mm-hmm. see that the you know you the priest call down the power of the Holy Spirit upon the gifts, uh, and the Spirit you know kind of being that connection with breath with life giving, and of course it's the breathing on uh, you know the dust formed Adam that brings him to life. I I wonder how the Holy Spirit plays in this whole question of the how. Sure. I- I think, again, if we stick with this analogy, as you just said, in in the celebration of the Eucharist, there is the epiclesis, the calling of the Holy Spirit upon the gifts of the altar. And I think perhaps what we we can see here is also the connection with faith as well, right? The calling of the Holy Spirit uh, to the apostles and Pentecost, 
in their uh, assures the promise of the resurrection. But I think it is, uh, as we have been seeing in our readings recently, as we await the return of Christ, it is the Holy Spirit who even now gives life to the Church in anticipation of the resurrection in the celebration of the Eucharist. In fact, St. Irenaeus says earlier in this passage that the Church, in celebrating the Eucharist, is glorified by what she offers through the Spirit. So in a way, even now we're being formed for the resurrection, and it is ultimately that the Holy Spirit uh, that will give, uh, give us that gift of life that we come to know in the risen Jesus. Well, I mean, the Holy Spirit and, and the risen Jesus, uh, there's the life connection there. But, I mean, as we're heading into this first Sunday of Advent, I mean, it's kind of impossible to ignore the fact that how does how is Jesus conceived? It's by the power of the Holy Spirit, yes. right? How that, uh, how that hypostasis takes place is also the Holy Spirit's involvement. Uh, again, that's... A, that's a big, broad how, accessible only to faith, but somehow it happened. Mm. <laughs> you know. Absolutely, and of course we see it in Mary even now, right? Uh, we, we know in her, in her risen life, uh, she, she's, she's right from the beginning, as you just said, associated with the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit, through conceiving through the Holy Spirit, given life through the Holy Spirit. So in a way, we, we also see it present in her, or we see it present in her even now. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, there's a lot uh, in that. I, I also, um, you, my mind takes you back to Rome. I think it's Romans where Paul says that the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. Also, uh, you know, it's it's a powerful thing to think about. Again, you know, it's funny because you know when you got kids or you're teaching CCD, <laughs> and the kids ask how. Right, right. You, know, you you want to come up with a fancy answer, and the church doesn't even come up with a fancy answer. No, it's it's uh, as we go right back to the question of faith uh, and that infused gift. But every, I, I think that's why every time we go to the Eucharist, our faith in the promise of Christ and the resurrection also grows. Right, uh, in our adoration of the body and blood of our Lord. Indeed. Well, thank you so much, Father John Gavin. What a rich passage. This is, it should be easy to remember, too. This is paragraph 1000 in the Catechism. Yes. <laughs> if you want to go look it up and read the words of St. Irenaeus directly for yourself. Thank you, as always. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for having me. God bless. All right, we got headlines with Anna Mitchell next. It's 14 till. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Central Fabricators is proud to support the Sunrise Morning Show, where you'll get news from the Catholic perspective while keeping you up to date on what's happening in the Vatican as well. It's also a great way to keep in touch with the Catholic faith throughout the week. Central Fabricators, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, is a family-owned business for over 75 years, manufacturing and repairing corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. On the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Got a coffee lover on your Christmas list this year? Give them the gift of Mystic Monk Coffee. 
The Carmelite monks of Wyoming have a number of seasonal blends that would make for a great Christmas morning brew. And when you purchase it, after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you support the monks and the show. If your coffee lover is also a fan of the Sunrise Morning Show, pick up a mug or travel mug for them in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. 12 till, here's Anna with headlines. The Holy See press director says Pope Francis is clearly improving from flu-like symptoms over the weekend. During his Angelus address yesterday, read by, a, by an aide on his behalf, the Holy Father made appeals for the Holy Land and for Ukraine and also reflected on the Feast of Christ the King. And President Biden says he's talking with leaders in the Middle East in an effort to extend a four-day ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. Next newscast in about 14-ish minutes from now as the Sunrise Morning Show continues here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Matthew Bunsen, Vice President and Editorial Director of EWTN News. Good morning, Doc. Good morning. Good to be with you. It is good to have you. And we've got more news in the continuing (laughs) saga involving the German bishops and their so-called synodal way. So last time we were together last week about uh, we we discussed a letter that Pope Francis had written to four lay women who basically removed themselves from the whole thing and expressed their concerns to the Holy Father, who then wrote them back expressing his concerns about what is going on in Germany. And since we last spoke, there has been another salvo from Rome. Tell us about it. That's absolutely right. Uh, You stressed something that I think is important to note, and that is uh, the Holy Father apparently received that letter from the four German uh, professors, experts, uh, theologians, and journalists uh, on November 6th responded within four days. We now know that um, another letter was sent uh, to the, all of the German bishops, and that was dated October 23rd, so actually before Pope Francis received his letter. So things were oh, wow. already in motion. Uh, I, I mention that because uh, the timelines now are, are increasingly important, given especially what's in this letter. The letter itself uh, was written uh, under the signature of Cardinal Pietro Parolin, who is the Vatican Secretary of State, and was sent specifically to the Secretary General of the German Bishops' Conference, someone by the name of Beate Gilles, and it was then distributed to all of the German bishops. And what it says essentially is a reminder uh, that uh, the ordination of women and changes to the Church's teachings on homosexuality and previous homosexual acts cannot be subjects of discussion in what are expected to be upcoming meetings uh, in Rome with representatives of this German synodal way. So essentially, the the Vatican is staking out its ground here 
as to what it is willing to talk about and what it isn't. And I think that's a pretty significant development, uh, as you as you noted, too, yeah. in this ongoing saga. Indeed. Uh, so, as you mentioned, this from the Vatican Secretary of State, not from the Pope himself, but does this have the force of the papacy behind it, do you think? Well, a letter like this uh, would not have been sent uh certainly without Pope Francis's uh, awareness, and uh, I'm certain uh, that uh, his involvement in the decision uh, had to have been present. What is notable, and one of the questions that's going to overhang some of this, uh, is what will be the role and what was the role of uh, Cardinal Fernandez, uh, who is, of course, the recently appointed uh, head for the uh, dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith. His involvement uh, in these talks is going to obviously be crucial, given his position as doctrine chief for the Church. So that's uh, one question that's still overhanging this. Uh, However, a letter like this doesn't go out, uh, certainly not to the entire German episcopacy, as we have seen previously, uh, without Pope Francis's awareness. Yeah, and, and you're alluding to the fact this is definitely not the first time that that Rome has has tried to get the German bishops to sort of pump the brakes on on some of these issues that they're trying to discuss. But do you have any insight as to why all of this is is happening now? It just seems like a barrage all of a sudden. Yes, I think there are a couple of things at work. Uh, the, the first is that we know that uh, I was just mentioning that representatives of the Synodal Way are heading to Rome. Sure. Yeah. Uh, we anticipate that they're going to be having uh, discussions in January and again. Second, uh, the Germans themselves have pushed ahead with their plan, or intend to, uh, to create a permanent synodal council. In other words, they, they, you and I have talked to them just last week, uh, a, a council that would essentially run the German church instead of uh, the German church being run as it's supposed to be by the German bishops exclusively. Let's remember also that this synodal council is going to be comprised of lay people, uh, comprised mostly of members of a radical lay organization called the Central Committee of German Catholics. They are going to have their own meetings, including a, a large gathering soon in Augsburg. And then we have uh, just finished uh, the Synod on Synodality. And that was specifically referenced in this letter as well by Cardinal Parolin, uh, where it says that the considering, and I'm quoting now, considering the course of the German synodal way so far, one must first realize that a universal synodal way is currently taking place, convened by the Holy Father. Therefore, it is necessary to respect this path of the universal church to avoid the impression that parallel initiatives are underway that are indifferent to the effort of to journey together. This is not the first time also that Pope Francis himself has made this point. And we go all the way back, as you know, to June of 2019 when the Holy Father was asking the Germans not to go down this road, but down this road they went. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to this timeline issue that you were mentioning because you said this letter was actually sent prior to the letter that was was written to these German professors and journalists, um, why is it coming out after the letter from Pope Francis? Do we have any well, insight we, into that? Yeah, I think uh, we know that uh, this was uh, first reported uh, on the Catholic side by CNA Deutsch, which is uh, CNA's German-language news partner. Uh, so it's essentially the Catholic news agency. It's one of the 
really increasingly important uh, news outlets that yeah. we have as part of EWTN News. Uh, but it was then itself posted uh, in a German newspaper uh, on just a couple of days ago by the, the German paper Tagespost. So essentially this is a, a series of leaks or a series of uh, publications of these documents. The timing itself is achieved simply in this case by the revelation uh, of the letter, but we now know that, uh, that this actually went at the end of October. That's notable, as I said, because uh, here we are. Uh, we were still basically uh, at work in the Synod uh, when this letter was published sent specifically to the German bishops. Wow. Wow. And I mean, this is kind of a line in the sand, it seems like, uh, ahead of these meetings, as you were just talking about. I mean, is it, this is something that the bishops really cannot ignore now or can't cover up at this point now that now that these leaks have happened. Well, the position of the German bishops, uh, in particular, uh, Bishop Georg Batesing, who's the president of the German Episcopal Conference, who is at the Synod on Synodality, was that they came out of the Synod claiming that they feel fully vindicated and fully validated in their work uh, because of the discussions that were had at the so Synod. Much for that. <laughs> so, so far, we hope, so far they have seen little disposed uh, to stop this process. We'll see what happens. So there have to be some next steps and some consequences, even this letter from Cardinal Paroline points out. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it at that for now. Really encourage you to go over to the Catholic News Agency and the National Catholic Register, EWTN News, to uh, read much more about all of this. We've been talking to Dr. Matthew Bunsen. Doc, thank you so much. Yeah, great to be with you. God bless. You too, Doc. Thank you. All right, we got another hour of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up for most of our affiliates here on EWTN Radio. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Mike Aquilino will discuss his new Fathers of the Faith book entitled San Athanasius. Mark Brumley will share some of the latest titles from Ignatius Press while reflect on the story of the miraculous metal, the frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Driving home the faith. Tim Maley here, General Manager at Shock Tile and Carpet. Shock is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio and local food pantries. A portion of every retail sale will help feed those in need. Or drop items off at our newly remodeled showroom and we will deliver. Family owned and operated since 1928, Shock hopes this season is filled with many blessings to you and yours. Residential, commercial, new home construction, 513-922-3466 or shocktile.com. That's S-C-H-O-C-H-Tile.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at SunsetJanitorialSupply.com. When you donate your car to St. Vincent de Paul of Cincinnati, you are showing your care by making it a vehicle for hope to transform lives. Your donation of a car, truck, or RV helps provide basic needs to struggling neighbors, and they'll pick it up for free. Find out more at 4 
4421care.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bright Lights. St. Teresa in Bright, Indiana is hosting a free drive through Christmas light display every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 6 to 10 p.m., now through January 6th. More information at brightlightsindiana.com. Have you explored God's calling for your life? Come and experience consecrated life for a week. See if God might be calling you to serve Him with an undivided heart. Share in prayer and community life centered on the Eucharist and devoted to Mary. Participate in our mission to strengthen families in the Catholic faith. This spring and fall, visit the Catholic Corps for a come and see week at Catholic Family Land near Steubenville, Ohio. For more information, go to afc.org cc. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. I'm Deacon Drew Grody from St. Michael's in Sharonville. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at SacredHeartRadio.com. Continue on this Monday, the 27th of November, by praying for all who are sick. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear Jesus, divine physician and healer of the sick, we turn to you in this time of illness. O dearest comforter of the troubled, alleviate our worry and sorrow with your gentle love. And grant us the grace and strength to accept this burden. Dear God, we place our worries in your hands. We place our sick under your care and humbly ask that you restore your servants to health again. Above all, grant us the grace to acknowledge your will and know that whatever you do, you do for love of us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. It is a better way to start a Monday morning. The Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has the video feed up and running. You can find it in the show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Hope you've had a pretty relaxing, edifying, uh, rejuvenating Thanksgiving holiday. We are done through Christ the King, heading towards the first week of Advent. So... We're here to get you through. Up this hour, we got lots going on. We're going to talk to Teresa Tamio from EWTN and Ave Maria Radio's Catholic Connection. We'll catch up with Brendan Hodge from The Pillar, who's been sharing some fascinating statistics on vocations, comparing uh, vocation rates in larger and smaller dioceses. Bear Wozniak will talk about men as providers and protectors. And then Sean McAfee's got this new book that's, man, it weighs like seven pounds. It's called The Compendium of Sacramentals. Looking forward to talking to that talking to him about that at the end of the hour so stay with us if you can right now it is two minutes past the hour news is a service of central fabricators and centralfabricators.com here's anna mitchell 
Good morning. Pope Francis is reportedly improving from flu-like symptoms over the weekend. That according to Matteo Bruni, who is the head of the Holy See Press Office. In his latest update earlier today, Bruni said the Pope is in a good and stable condition. He has no fever and his respiratory situation is clearly improving. He confirmed as well that the Holy Father did have a CT scan over the weekend, which ruled out pneumonia but showed pulmonary inflammation that has caused some breathing difficulties. And so Pope Francis canceled his Saturday audiences and had an aide read his Sunday Angelus address from the chapel in his residence at the Casa Santa Marta instead of in St. Peter's Square. During his address, he reiterated his prayers for Ukraine as well as for the Holy Land, giving thanks for the release of hostages. Meanwhile, a young Israeli-American child is among the hostages who has been reunited with family members after being released on the third day of a ceasefire in the Holy Land War. Mark Mayfield has more. President Biden confirmed four-year-old Abigail Edan arrived safely back in Israel on Sunday in exchange for Palestinian prisoners. Speaking to reporters in Nantucket, Massachusetts, Biden said he's hopeful a four-day truce can be extended so all of the hostages, including other Americans, can safely return to their families. I'm Mark Mayfield. Memorial services for First Lady Rosalind Carter are set to begin today. The former First Lady will lie in repose in the lobby of the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library in Atlanta for members of the public to pay their respects today. Rosalind Carter's funeral will be held on Wednesday in Plains, Georgia, and she will be buried at their family residence. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will be attending a service in Georgia tomorrow at Emory University. The wife of former President Jimmy Carter passed away earlier this month. She was 96 years old. Back to the Angelus address with Pope Francis. In his catechesis, the Holy Father reflected on the Feast of Christ the King. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. In his prepared remarks, read by Monsignor Paolo Braida, the Secretary of State, the Pope recalled when the Gospel speaks to us about the final judgment, telling us it will be based on our care for one another through charity and mercy. Il Vangelo ci parla del giudizio finale. Recalling the scene described in the Gospel of a great hall where Jesus is seated on a throne and all the peoples of the world are gathered at his feet, he said, the blessed are shown to be friends of the king. They're the ones who fed the hungry, took care of the sick and needy, and visited prisoners. Indeed, the criteria of Jesus, the Pope said, places importance on those serving the needy, the weakest, those who need our help. And this is because the Son of Man is a completely different king who calls the poor brethren, who identifies with the hungry, the thirsty, the outsiders, the sick, the imprisoned, and says, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. The Pope said the gospel underscores that the blessed are those who show loving mercy through their service to people needing our help and companionship, by not ignoring them or turning them away, but by providing food, drink, clothing, shelter, and accompaniment. They're the friends of the king as they distinguish themselves by following his example through compassion, mercy, and tenderness. The Pope in his reflections recommended we examine our own lives and how much we recognize and believe in the centrality of mercy, the power of love, how charity is indispensable for believers, and if we are a friend of the king in being personally involved in the needs of the suffering people we find on our path. In conclusion, he said, may Mary, Queen of Heaven and Earth, help us to love Jesus, our King, in the least of our brethren. 
I'm Ted Jones. Parts of the country are seeing cold weather as people head home from the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. In the Great Lakes region, below average temperatures will trigger lake effect snow and travel could be dangerous in parts of the Midwest and into the Northeast. Heavy rain is also possible along the Gulf Coast and mid-Atlantic into New England. And sales were up in the U.S. on Black Friday this year. MasterCard Spending Pulse said on Saturday retail sales rose 2.5% year-over-year, not adjusting for inflation. MasterCard Spending Pulse measures in-store and online sales across all forms of payment and said it expects retail sales to grow 3.7% during this year's holiday season. Wow. Yeah. So in I, I heard spite of the... In- like one of the busiest travel weekends, I think maybe yesterday was like broke some kind of record for air travel. Oh, yeah. I did so, see a story about that. What was that? A lot of people, uh, lot of people back in the mix in this. American Airlines says it flew almost six and a half million people. Goodness gracious. 6,100 departures were scheduled for yesterday and today. That's How many arrivals? Uh, I would I'm hope joking. 6, I'm joking. I'm hoping the same amount. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. But at any rate, hopefully, I don't. I didn't hear any horror stories of people sleeping in the airport for like, you know, a week at a time. Yeah. As sometimes happens. You drove this time. Right? I drove this time. Yeah. You're going to be flying later this week. I'm flying later this week because I'm coming to Cincinnati for a talk that you and I are giving together. Yeah. Who? Who, Who thought that would be a right good idea? mind wanted to put Matt and Annie together? Goodness gracious. I know. Well, it's Teresa, be Tomio, awesome. Teresa Tomio knows what that's all about. She joins us now from Ave Maria Radio and EWTN's co-production, Catholic Connection. Teresa, good morning. Good morning. I would love to hear both of you speak because you're both excellent speakers. I've heard you speak individually, but never a tap dancing routine together. That's awesome. I think you've only ever seen us in the same room, like, twice. Yeah, just call us Fred and Ginger. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. What's your topic? What is it? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're going to be talking about... Oh, we're doing a, a talk for a Montessori school. Um, actually, Aww. the one that uh, Annie's family attends. And we're going to talk Aww. about Montessori education, the education of the whole person, all kinds of things related to that. As That's you, awesome. That's great. As you may be aware, I'm married to a Catholic educator, and I overhear all kinds of interesting things. Sure. About Catholic education. Well, I'm not an you. expert. You have to give us a report. When is the talk? When's the presentation? Uh, it's going to be on Friday. Oh uh, my goodness! Is it Friday? No, is it Thursday? Yeah, it's Friday. It's Friday. Poor Matt. It's Friday. He doesn't. I'm just T. I'm Ask driving Annie. him. She's a, just get him there, Annie. I'm just, yeah, I just, just get I'm me his there. chauffeur, and yeah. So here we go. Okay, Matt's Matt, walk just into going the room. Where, Here's the podium. Exactly. Here's the That's exactly. Yeah. Who are you again? What's that? Yeah. I'm his people. That's yeah. right. Yes. Uh, talk to talk to my people. And we'll, we'll get you set up. Teresa, you're an old hand at this. You know you know how to walk into, like, anywhere and, and do these talks because you've got, you know, so many cool topics. And you got friends and you got friends in every town from here to Florence. So uh, I'll have to I'll have to start t- stealing tips off of you. But uh, what do uh, you, you got going will, on this week? You guys will be great. I mean, you talk every day, too. It's, it's, you know what it it's is? True. It's just having a conversation with people and being real and just like you do on the radio every morning. So no worries. It'll do, be fantastic. True. Well, I want to hear what, about what Dr. Peter Williamson's up to. Speaking of people who I like to hear talk. 
Oh, yeah, he's awesome. So you know he is at uh, Sacred Heart Major Seminary in Detroit, and he was on Catholic Connection uh, more than once, once in my local hour for my Michigan and Ohio listeners, and then again on the national hour to promote these great free online courses that they're offering at this amazing seminary in the Archdiocese of Detroit, where, of course, I have a soft heart for it because many of my friends teach there, including Dr. Mary Healy, and the rector is a personal friend. But they do such great work because they're offering now so many free courses that anyone anywhere can take, or even if they're not free, for example, if you want to do an online course, you can do it. You don't have to be in, in our area in southeastern Michigan. So this is super cool. Deacon Dom and I were talking on the way home um, from Italy last week. What are we going to do for Advent? We wanted to do something in addition to being involved in events at our parish, uh, obviously. We wanted to do something to deepen our understanding of Christ and Scripture. So I'm thinking, well, duh, I just interviewed Dr. Peter Williamson in this great free course, and it's beautiful. It's called Isaiah in the Light of Christ, and it's all about God in Scripture. So let me just kind of give you a summary. Join us this Advent season as Dr. Peter Williamson, the Adam Cardinal Light of Chair in Sacred Scripture at Sacred Heart, explores the writings of the prophet Isaiah in the light of Christ. So basically what they're focusing on, Matt, are, will be the prophecies foreshadowing the coming of Christ, the most evident in the prophet Isaiah, read by the church during the points, high points of the liturgical years. So he is so good in terms of he's extremely knowledgeable. He's a revert, uh, a convert actually to the faith. He's and a former he Presbyterian, so I happen to know that as producer of the journey home. I so was going to say, go. I pray, that's what I was saying to Paul. I said, I'm sure Matt knows him because I know he's been on the journey home I don't home know before. him, but I know of him. He was on in 2010. Yeah, yeah he's awesome. So I, I just encouraging people to check this out. You can just go to uh, shms.edu and look up free courses. It's right there. Or just do a Google search for Sacred Heart Major Seminary. We also have it in our archives at Catholic Connection if you want to take a listen to the interview. But this is something you do at your own pace. But it's just beautiful because I love the readings uh, during the Advent oh, yeah, and Christmas fantastic. season. You know? Well, so uh, he's been on the Sunrise Morning Show, but it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. And if I recall correctly, the context of, of us having him on was the Catholic commentary on sacred scripture as it was really starting to get rolling. And they don't have all these volumes out. They've got the Gospels, Acts, um, a few of the epistles of St. Paul. I don't know that they've got one on Isaiah. I hope this is like a sign that we will be like uh, maybe getting some of those from uh, from the Old Testament because man, those are those are really great resources that Catholic commentary series because yeah. it's uh, he and and uh, Mary Healy work on them Mary together, Healy. but yeah. uh, Curtis Mitch is involved with those and Doctor Sri and some others who have contributed to those series. So you're talking about high level, like really, you know, stuff you never seen before in passages you've heard a million times. Right. It's great. But the nice thing about this program, and I asked him about this during the interviews that I did with him, is that it's accessible to everyone. I mean, my husband's got a right. master's in in theology because he studied for, for the diaconate, but you don't have to be someone who has a degree in theology or, or scripture study. This is made for the average lay person and the one who loves to learn more about scripture and the Bible uh, to really kind of soak it up, especially when, when you're going to Mass and when you're doing your daily readings and you're hearing and reading these beautiful verses from Scripture, especially the Old Testament this time of year, then when you go on this course and you see what uh, this expert in Scripture has to say about it, I just think it brings it home. And what I like about it, it's very doable. Uh, It's not something you have to leave your house for and and go attend another event, so to speak. Not that many people won't be doing that anyway, but this is something you can do in addition. Or maybe you just want to have a real quiet Advent season and just sit and be at home and just breathe in all this beauty about the Old Testament and the prophecies of Christ. Yeah, very cool. Uh, last yeah. couple questions uh, with just a moment left here, Teresa, because we got a little space between 
uh, Thanksgiving and the first Sunday of Advent, we don't usually get a little space. Are you uh, are you prepping for some some good purpling of the house? Are you going to yes. do some purple yes, stuff? Yes, we are. As a matter of fact, but you know, we just got back from the motherland, so we're kind of behind things. So we're we're uh, just kind of it's very simple because in Advent we don't put everything out, obviously, for because it is Advent. But there's a lot of events already that are on our schedule. Dominic and I are very involved in the Vatican Pages of the Arts. We have an event there. And, of course, uh, the girls have, um, the twins have a concert, they have a school play, and they have a dance recital, so we've got that on the agenda already. So we're going to try to make it low-key, um, but there's already things filling up our schedule. It's, it's not even Advent yet. Advent starts this weekend, and we were looking at our schedule yesterday, and like, okay, this is a sign that we have to make sure we just take it easy and don't pile too much on the calendar. I hear you. I hear you. Well, we're not going to put up any lights until next weekend when it actually mm-hmm. hits, and we got these lights that you got like a little clicker for. And yep. you can change the colors on the lights. I love so I'm, those. I'm going to be able to change them, you know, for purple, purple, and then pink, and then purple again before we go nuts at Christmas. So cool. I'm uh, I'm no Clark Griswold, but I can get a little bit done. <laughs> you won't be able to see me from space, but I try and do a good job. That's what's great to be married to an electrical engineer. He's retired now. There He's you very go. handy around the house when it comes to the I know who I'm light. calling when one goes out and they all go out. <laughs> Deacon Dom. Deacon Dom's electrical repair. Well, thank you so much, Teresa. We'll be tuned in to Catholic Connection later this morning. Have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, hon. God bless. Bye-bye. 16 past. Got headlines coming up next. Support is for MediShare. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. EWTN, communicating the faith. I am a very happy, grateful revert to the faith. About 12 years ago, I was surfing the channels, and I found EWTN. I didn't even know it existed, and I heard Mother, and remembered that years ago, I had told a Catholic nun at a church in Boston that I was visiting that I missed the faith, and she said, you will come back. And when I was listening to Mother Angelica, I remembered that. 18 past. Here's Anna with headlines. The Holy See press director says Pope Francis continues to improve from flu-like symptoms over the weekend that led him to cancel some audiences and have his Angelus address read out by an aide. 
During his Angelus address, the Holy Father reiterated his prayers for the Holy Land and for Ukraine. And a young Israeli-American child is among the hostages who have been released in the ceasefire in the Holy Land War. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And Anna Mitchell, as we prepare uh, for the season of Advent, there's not that much in the way of Advent music. But I do want to put the challenge out there to try and, however possible... I mean, you can't avoid it everywhere. Like, you'll be standing outside pumping gas, and they'll be blasting, you know, Grandma Got Run Over, you know, over the I don't remember the last time I heard that song. It's more like, all I want for Christmas is you. Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, you know, all these things. It it is. It's. I feel like it's the same, like, 12 songs over and over. (laughs) Um, But I guess if the regular radio station is playing the same 12 Christmas songs over and over, it's okay to play the same 12 Advent songs over and over. Exactly. If you're looking with the Benedict. That is Mary. such a good point. Um, I, the most egregious example of this was I was in a store this weekend. I won't say which one because I don't want to embarrass, you know, the person who put together the playlist may be listening and I don't want them to mm, okay. have their feelings hurt. But I heard We Three Kings... Oh, wow. Uh, That's awfully early for that. Which is, to hear an epiphany song song two days before the Feast of Christ the King. It's just, although technically, I mean, I guess it's, well, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Yesterday, Matt, at Mass, the closing hymn was, you know, Christ Jesus Victor. Oh, of course. Now and forever. Oh, my gosh. I get teared up every time I hear that. You know, like, this is a week to really, I mean, I know we don't, liturgically speaking, have an octave of the Feast of Christ the King, but this should be a week when we really start cleaning house in our hearts that, you know, we we talk about Jesus as King of the Universe. That's the, you know, the, the official liturgical title of the feast that we celebrated yesterday. But he needs to be King of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And and that is certainly something that Advent can help us prepare for his coming in glory. And the newborn so, king. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, liturgical ear. Starts with the king, ends with the king. The king of kings. It's 21 past. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Ways to Give. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com. 
Every day, members of St. Vincent de Paul Cincinnati answer Christ's call, providing spiritual, emotional, and material assistance to neighbors in need. You can help when you donate your unwanted clothing, furniture, household items, or car. Visit 421care.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Trinity Church Supply, providing church supplies and religious gifts worldwide. From Catholic greeting cards, books, and willow tree, to sterling silver medals, rosaries, sacramental gifts, and statues. Trinity Church Supply, 5479 North Bend Road. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at FortMitchellGarage.com. It's 23 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Happy to have you along with us on a Monday morning. Hope you had a fabulous Thanksgiving and Christ the King weekend. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Brendan Hodge. He is Darwin from the Darwin Catholic blog. He's author of the novel, If You Can Get It, from Ignatius Press and is a contributing editor to The Pillar. Good morning, Brendan. Good morning. Great to be on with you. It is great to have you back. And we talked last time about some data mining that you were doing into vocations and the fact that basically simply suggesting to a young man that he consider a vocation to the priesthood is a a powerful force in in his life. Um, can have a big impact on whether or not he actually does consider and move forward in pursuing the priesthood. But uh, as we left off uh, the last time, you were saying it's not that simple when priests have these huge congregations and they don't know their parishioners, don't have the opportunity to get to know their parishioners quite as well as a smaller, a priest with a smaller congregation would. And and so we're going to look at this from um, sort of the diocesan level now. Um, first off, talk about the idea of the number of ordinations that a diocese needs year in and year out. How do you come to that number for a diocese? Yeah, so there are really two factors that you need to look at in order to calculate the vocations that a diocese needs, and vocation ministry has done some good work around this. So what they've looked at is um, the number of ordinations that you need in order to maintain your current number of priests, um, and then also to um, just have a, 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 uh, a basic ratio of Catholics to um, priests available in the diocese. So they'd use two factors. One is that the number of annual ordinations needs to equal 2.4% of the number of current active priests, because if you assume that uh, each year you're going to have some priests who retire or die and some priests who are ordained, and sort of the average age at which priests are ordained, you're going to need to replace 2.4% of your priests each year. And then the other number that they use is that in order to have a healthy ratio of 
priests to total Catholics in the diocese who need to be ministered to, you need to ordain one new priest each year for every 120,000 Catholics. Mm. So for a small diocese, that might mean about one ordination a year. But for some of these large dioceses that have upwards of a million Catholics, that would mean that they should be ordaining 10 or more priests per year. Yeah, and I don't think that that is happening in a lot of those bigger dioceses. Can you take us through the numbers for some of the biggest dioceses in the country? Sure. So uh, when you look at um, the really big dioceses, like our largest diocese is the Los Angeles Archdiocese. Um, They have um, uh, over 2 million Catholics in the diocese, and they've got over 7,600 Catholics per parish priest in the diocese. So they have a a really large number of Catholics that need to be administered to by each priest. Um, They would need to be ordaining um, over 20 priests per year in order to keep up with their demand. And they're not doing that. They're actually only meeting 33% of their need for ordinations. Um, And we see this trend across diocese. So when you look at your largest diocese in the U.S., it's Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, Boston, Phoenix, Houston, Philadelphia, San Diego. Um, Only a couple of these dioceses are even reaching 50%. Uh, So Boston is at 62% of their total need. Um, Philadelphia is at 50%. And um, Newark is at 64%. But the numbers are, are not very high when you consider the huge number of priests that they need. And so these dioceses, which already have very high numbers of Catholics that need to be ministered to by each priest, are going to see that get worse and worse over the coming years because they're falling further and further behind. Yeah, and there's a really helpful graph in your piece over at the pillar on vocations. Uh, if listeners want to get more specifics and kind of look through and see where your particular diocese falls um, in in this regard. But what are some of the dioceses that are doing quite well in terms of of this uh, number um, of vocations per parishioner? So by far the standout is the Wichita Diocese. So Wichita is a fairly small diocese. Uh, and they have a lot of priests already. They've got uh, only about 1,000 parishioners per priest. They're uh, ordaining men at a rate which is 300% of their need for vocations. Wow. So they and have let a me really just strong say, vocations program. Yeah, let me just say, when you look at this graph that I was just alluding to here, Brendan, like there's one dot way at the top, and it's Wichita, and that's the only one. I Wow. What are the well? Tell us because we're running out of time. I can hear the music here. Um, just give us a couple of other examples of dioceses doing well before we let you go. A couple of the real standouts are Springfield, Illinois, uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, Des Moines, Iowa, Nashville, Tennessee, Bismarck, North Dakota, and Tulsa, Oklahoma. So nice. all of those are we're gaining at least 150 percent of the number of priests that they would need in order to maintain ministry in those dioceses. Wow! And they're all quite small dioceses. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe we got some more to uh, discuss out of this piece the next time we get together. But in the meantime, you can find Pillar Catholic and Darwin Catholic linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. And the piece over at Pillar Catholic is called...
on vocations. Asking is key. You can find it at their website. Brandon Hodge, thank you very much. Thank you. It is half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Pope Francis is, quote, clearly improving from flu-like symptoms over the weekend. That's according to Matteo Bruni, the director of the Holy See Press Office. In his latest update on the Holy Father earlier today, Bruni said, quote, the Pope is in a good and stable condition. He has no fever and his respiratory situation is clearly improving, end quote. He also confirmed that the Holy Father did have a CT scan over the weekend, which ruled out pneumonia but showed pulmonary inflammation, which has caused some breathing difficulties. And so Pope Francis canceled his Saturday audiences, but did appear and participate a little bit during his Angelus address. In the address, the Holy Father reiterated his prayers for the Holy Land and for Ukraine. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells has more. Pope Francis led the Angelus from his residence at Casa Santa Marta as he continues to deal with flu-like symptoms that have kept him from a number of his scheduled appointments. The Pope's Gospel Reflection and Post-Angelus Appeals were read by Monsignor Paolo Luca Braida, the head of office and the Secretary of State. The Holy Father thanked God for the pause in fighting between Israel and Hamas and for the exchange of hostages and prisoners being held by the warring parties. The Pope appealed, too, for prayers that all might be freed as soon as possible, urging us to think of their families. He also asked for prayers that more humanitarian aid might find its way to Gaza, while insisting on the need for dialogue. Those who do not want dialogue, he said, do not want peace. Pope Francis also noted yesterday's commemoration of the Holodomor, the genocide by starvation of millions of Ukrainians under the Soviet Union in the 1930s. That lacerating wound, instead of healing, is made even more painful by the atrocities of the war that continues to make that dear people suffer, the Pope said, in reference to the ongoing invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Pope Francis called for continued, untiring prayers for all peoples torn apart by conflict, saying that prayer is the force for peace that shatters the spiral of violence, breaks the cycle of vengeance, and offers unexpected paths of reconciliation. I'm Christopher Wells. A young Israeli-American child is among the hostages being reunited with family members after being released on the third day of the ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. President Biden confirmed four-year-old Abigail Edan arrived safely back in Israel in exchange for Palestinian prisoners. Speaking to reporters from Nantucket, Massachusetts, Biden said he's hopeful that the four-day truce could be extended so that all of the hostages, including other Americans, could safely return to their families. The Israel Prison Service confirmed that 39 Palestinians were released in accordance with the temporary peace agreement. Meanwhile, Senator Michael Bennett says he believes there is broad bipartisan support in the Senate for an aid package that includes Ukraine, but has conceded that support likely is not there in the House. More from Mark Mayfield. Speaking on CBS Face the Nation, the Colorado Democrat was referring to President Biden's request for a combined $14 billion aid package that combines Ukraine, Israel, Southeast Asia, and the U.S.-Mexico border. Bennett stressed the importance of continuing support for Ukraine, not just for the country itself, but for democracy as a whole. 
Many House Republicans won a vote on aid to Ukraine to be separated from votes related to Israel and the U.S. southern border. I'm Mark Mayfield. Memorial services for fir- former First Lady Rosalind Carter are set to begin today. The former First Lady will lie in repose in the lobby of the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library in Atlanta for members of the public to pay their respects. Rosalind Carter's funeral will be held on Wednesday in Plains, Georgia, and she will be buried at their family residence. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will be attending a service in Georgia tomorrow at Emory University. The wife of former President Jimmy Carter passed away earlier this month at the age of 96. More than 300,000 Honda Accords and HRVs are being recalled over potentially dangerous seatbelts. The recall affects models from 2023 and 2024. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour. Sacred Heart Radio's Advent Pledge Drive is Wednesday, December 6th, when local listeners will come together to raise $60,000 to keep Pro-Life Radio alive. So please invite everyone you know to listen now, and then we'll talk to you and everyone who told about us on December 6th. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Water heaters, plumbing repair, and drain cleaning, backed by Schneller Knockelman's 100% satisfaction guarantee. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com. skpha.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from JC Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Monday, November the 27th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockleman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Going to be cold today. Bundle up. Right now, it's pretty cold with temperatures in the lower 30s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be mostly cloudy this morning with more sunshine this afternoon and a high of 36 degrees. Clear and cold tonight, an overnight low of 21. It'll feel more like 10. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and chilly with a high of 33 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mostly cloudy with a slight chance of a flurry today and cold with a high around 35 degrees. Partly cloudy and cold tonight with an overnight low of 19. Partly cloudy and cold tomorrow with a high of 30 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Download our app at sacredheartradio.com. The Sunrise Morning Show continues on this Monday, the 27th of November. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Bear Wozniak, host of the Bear Wozniak Adventure on EWTN Radio and the Long Ride Home on EWTN Television. We've been going through his book, 12 Rules for Manliness, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? Bear, good morning. Aloha, Matt. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. And, you know, you talk a lot about Kuleana, and uh, the Catholic Church talks about stewardship, and uh, a lot of this all comes from the idea of God as a Father and uh, giving us things to be trusted with. And so 
how do you kind of explore this topic of, of men being able to take care of the things that they've been trusted with? Yeah, you know, um, John Paul II wrote about love and responsibility. Uh, they're not two different things. They're, they're one thing. His very first writings were about that. And, uh, and so I think when a, um, a kuleana means an area of personal stewardship um, and responsibility, that's more than just an exterior thing. It's like we're, we're sailing right now. Uh, by the way, we're on the north side of Virgin Gorda Island in the Virgin Islands. We have to take care of this boat. You know, there was a, a alarm sounded in the middle of the night. We had to, had to get up and, you know, and take care of things to make sure everything was right. Uh, this is our boat that car- carries, uh, you know, uh, pro- provides for Cindy and I, protects us and takes us where we want to go. And our own Kuliana um, is, is like that, too. There's, a, there's an area of responsibility God has given us. But it's not just, it's not just an area of responsibility. In Hawaii, Kuliana means it's part of us. And so if I really love Cindy... I'm going to uh, take care of this boat. I'm going to take care of it in a way that's going to protect her and provide for her, and it's going to be uh, useful for us, and it's going to take us where we want to go. I can think of a man, uh, especially the men back in the day, Matt. You remember? You mean like I remember when I? You know what, dude? I remember when I was young. My uh, grandfather was a coal miner. He would get up in the morning and go down into that hole before sunrise, and wouldn't come out until after dark. And I remember how tough things were. Just to, they, they had a garden that they took care of. They had chickens. They would go hunt for venison. I remember my dad would work uh, uh, as a teacher, but then he, he, this was back in the day before we moved to California when we were in the Dakotas. He would climb those big electrical, those metal electrical poles, and he was running lines, electricity into people's houses. He, 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 he did not just his job, but he went beyond that to take care of us and to provide for us. And we've lost that toughness. To Some of us, anyway, have lost that toughness as men. Uh, we want the state to take care of us. You know, the nanny state, I don't know. I would just say the, the, the degree to which you say you take care of me is the degree to which you lose your freedom. And God made men stronger and bigger than that, you know, to, to be the men that provide and take care of their family, take care of their kuleana. Yeah, I was just able uh, over Thanksgiving to go back and visit uh, my grandfather's farm, uh, where which he operated while also working for the Forest Service. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was yeah. uh, there's right. a lot, and the fact that that that's still there and still available for us to go down to to be on, and 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 that he's still running it to some extent. You know, not like he used to be able to, but you know, extending this concept of, you know, as I was reading through this idea of letting other people take care of stuff for us. I think that on some level we get this in the concept of our marriage and our need to step up there. I think we get it in the concept of our fatherhood or grandfatherhood to step up there. But the idea of just letting somebody else take care of it instead of taking care of what's sort of our responsibility and a part of us, I think this extends to our parishes too, Barrett. Because, you know, who are the what's the most uninvolved demographic in most parishes? It's the dudes, right? Who kind of like show up and just sort of expect the parish to be there and take care of itself and kind of like sit on a lump on a log, you know, like through mass and then turn around and go back to the car. I, I think that we can forget that that's part of something that has been trusted to us too, that parish and that community that surrounds that parish. We ought to be the ones stepping up and saying we're going to be taking charge at the St. Vincent de Paul Society. We're going to be charged of fa- making sure the people come to us in need as a parish, that we're sta- standing up and stepping up. That's so cool. 
you know, thank God for our Knights of Columbus, too, you know. But and I'll say one more thing, you know, I'm a CPA, although I don't do, do much of that anymore. But uh, uh, I, I, I would just tell you like it is, Matt, when it comes to tithing, I don't think, I think that's a misused word among Catholics. There's very few people that do. And we tend to throw tip money in the jar instead of, you know, in the collection plate instead of truly, like my dad used to say, he was a Catholic deacon. He used to say, don't give until it hurts, give until it feels good. You know, um, and so that area too, that realm too of Kuliana is taking care. I remember when I was young, that where I lived, uh, there was this group of men called the Padres. Now this is when I was in California. I lived in a little area called Coralitas, a little bit of ranch country, up uh, near the ocean of Santa Cruz. And they would take care. They would raise money by having a pancake breakfast, and they'd make sure that there was a, you know, baseball gloves and some some baseball, uh, you know. Um, you know, bases for us to take out of the old sand lot and use as kids. So it was just like the men came together, and they did what had to be done. And and we need that to the degree that you lose the sense of your own personal kuleana, you really lose the sense of who you are as a man, who you are as a person. You lose your personhood. Um, uh, um, you know, Pope Benedict wrote about the dignity of work, how it makes us like God. And Jesus said, even now, the Father and I, we work. So not to be slothful and not to always find the, the easy way and not expect someone else to do it, um, but to work hard. Uh, I, I know Elon Musk said that in a company, 20% of the people are the ones doing all the work. Well, we want to be among that 20% of the people that are diligent, doing all the work is on to the Lord and on to God and not as on to man, because from him comes our reward, the Bible says. That's a scripture my mom framed and gave to me when I started my career. So we need our men to toughen up. We need our men to say, "I'm going to do. I'm going to do what. I'm going to. I'm going to do what needs to be done, and then some." Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking to you know back in the evangelical churches I grew up, uh, and and of course some of these were in the in the Bible Belt in more rural areas. But you know, I've been in parishes where the pastors sweating over the budgets, like, "Well, when it snows, we're going to have to pay a couple thousand dollars to this service to come plow the parking lot." And I'm thinking. Man, that was always like Bob, you know, from whatever, who's got a a truck with a thing on the front of – like these are the little things. Like if we really saw this parish, right, or saw this community as like not just something we went to to get something from, but like our place, like that we have a responsibility and a custody of, I wonder how we would – I wonder how our parishes might look a little different. Yeah, we were up in Montana doing that speaking tour a couple weeks ago, and my wife said, what is that truck there? What's that thing in the front of the truck? That, that pickup, that you know, like a Ford F-150 pickup, like a person's pickup, not a company truck. So, oh, that's a snowplow. Everybody around here is kind of, a lot of the guys have a snowplow on the truck because when the snow comes, they just go around and plow out the, the local highway. They don't, you know, the local road, they don't expect the city to come, and they, they plow out each other's driveways, and they just, it's, it's a sense of community. They care of each other. So, yeah, we need, we, we need to become uh, self-reliant and then have a, have a, a, connect, a connection with those that are close to us, you know, for example, in the church itself, and do the extra thing, do the extra thing. And uh, in doing that, you really find out, you really become more of the human that God created you to be. You really find yourself, I don't know, I would call it fulfillment. You know, you, yeah. you're, there's a person that, that you, you, uh, you experience your own personhood when you do work and you do it uh, and, you, and you go beyond, beyond. And uh, like I know Jake down at the butcher shop when I was a kid, he would always put that, that two pounds of meat on, and then he would add a little bit more, you know.
you know, mm. but only charge you for two pounds, you know. Yeah, yeah, that extra extra skin in the game, as it were. <laughs> Bear was Yeah. We've got your book, uh, 12 Rules for Manliness, Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? Uh, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Hopefully some men inspired to uh, to maybe figure out what God has trusted them with and how they can get a little bit more involved in uh, in taking better care of that, whatever that is. Bear, have a great yeah. day. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, my brother. Aloha. All right, up next, Sean McAfee's got a new book, Compendium of Sacramentals. Looking forward to digging into that. It is quarter till. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests served for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Central Fabricators is proud to support the Sunrise Morning Show, where you'll get news from the Catholic perspective, while keeping you up to date on what's happening in the Vatican as well. It's also a great way to keep in touch with the Catholic faith throughout the week. Central Fabricators, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, is a family-owned business for over 75 years, manufacturing and repairing corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. On the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Are you expecting the kids to wake you up at the crack of dawn on Christmas morning? Make that experience more bearable by treating yourself to some Mystic Monk coffee. They have a number of Christmas blends available, and when you go to Mystic Monk Coffee through the link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. Make Christmas morning even better by drinking your coffee with a Sunrise Morning Show mug, available in our online store. Browse our mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. Hi friends, Janet Williams here. Join me every Wednesday on Women of Grace Live as I welcome new age researcher and blogger for Women of Grace, Sue Brinkman. Sue and I will be talking about all the wacky things that could distract you from your faith. Psychics, yoga, Reiki, crystals, acupuncture, Ouija boards, tarot cards, and astral traveling are just a few of the stranger things we discuss. That's why we call it Wacky Wednesday. So join us at 11 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. One time somebody said to me, why don't you air these people? And I said, no, but I don't think they're Catholic. He says, by what right do you have to say that? I said, I own the network. <laughs> Mother Angelica Live Classics. Every morning, 2 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Eleven Till, thanks for joining us on the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by Sean McAfee, who's got a number of books out, but his latest is called Compendium of Sacramentals, and it is it weighs about six pounds, and it is full of full color illustrations and photographs and lots of great information on how Catholics understand sacramentals. Sean, good morning. Morning, and, and by the way, I think you're right. This is the first book where I think the uh, the listing actually talks about the weight. Well, there you go. So uh, now you know. You need to know that for when you get a, a box of them shipped to your parish, as many parishes should, because this has a a whole bunch of responses 
to questions that people get asked all the time about Catholic sacramentals. I'm going to start with one out of the gates. What's the difference for someone who is just tuning in between a sacrament and a sacramental? Right, and I, hopefully I can lay this out easily because we can get into high theology on this. But sacramentals, the seven sacramentals established by Jesus Christ and administered by the Church, are efficacious. They always have an effect so long as the the receiver is properly disposed and the administrator has the power to do it. So um, sacramentals, they have no direct effect. Um, they dispose the believer to go and receive the sacramentals. All right, so... A sacrament is an efficacious sign that conveys grace. A sacramental points you towards the sacraments in some way, which is why we could talk about rosaries and the Angelus and even the sign of the cross as sacramentals. Uh, So how do you break this up? Because, I mean, you talk about um, sacramental signs, but also sacramental objects. I mean, how do you make those distinctions through the course of the book? Yep, and sacramental gestures like bowing and, and even making the sign of the cross is a gesture. It's actually, it's like a triple sacramental because it's a blessing. It's a, it's a gesture, and, um, and actually, in some cases, it can be like an exorcism when performed by the right kind of priest. Um, but I, I break them up just as the Church breaks them up. So there are, uh, first of all, blessings. That's the first category of sacramentals. And then exorcisms, which I spend maybe a few pages on because we, we don't need to be experts on exorcisms. So it's more for clergy and bishops. Um, and then, of course, devotions and popular signs of, of devotion. So like you said, the physical sacramentals, all the way from medallions to these little wax discs that nobody's ever heard of called the Agnus Day, and then, of course, devotions like to the Sacred Heart or, or to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Okay, so people think that Catholics are weirdos for being into this <laughs> stuff, but I just want to clear some, some, some air on this and get your thought on it. Uh, so first of all, uh, as an evangelical Protestant, I don't know if you ever heard this before you became Catholic, but I had an associate pastor who was uh, a, a very old Nazarene man, and he used to say, don't you ever set any book or coffee cup or anything on top of your Bible. <laughs> as a way right. of saying, you know, it matters. It's not just God's Word, but the book that it's in has some sort of holiness and value to it. Do you think that even Protestants, if they hear this explained, can sort of understand it a little bit? I think that I'm right on with you. Um, I don't believe that Protestants don't have uh, some concept of sacramentals. They wear crosses. They have their own. My, even I have some from before my conversion, just little medallions that, you know, would be like, say, you know, Holy Spirit or something. Um, and, of course, they, they treat their, of course, their Bibles like a sacramental, which is, you know, somewhat familiar to us. Um, and they have devotions, so and of course they have blessings. So of course they have some notion of it. Now, what the church says, what the Catholic Church says about sacramentals is that we believe that they take their um, they take their their power from the intercession of the church, which is something you won't hear in any Protestant circle. Um, but that would be kind of the main difference. But yes, I, I acknowledge and I concur with what you're saying. All right, now I'm going to go to the secular stuff. Because I think secular people can understand this sometimes even better than Protestants. Because you're a military man, right? Yes. Uh, How would things go if you treated the American flag like a bedspread? Yeah, exactly. The church gives us specific 
directives on how to treat sacramentals. You know, these are not ordinary objects. First of all, most of them are blessed. You know, we should always have our sacramentals blessed, especially the physical ones. Um, and we shouldn't, they become objects almost of consecration. Some of them are consecrated, like a chalice is a sacramental, or certain liturgical items are sacramentals, and we shouldn't treat those just as ordinary objects. And, uh, you know, what we're talking about here is not just their daily care, but even if they fall into disuse, there's a proper way to dispose of them. Yeah, there is. And uh, you mentioned that's by burying or burning. Uh, also, uh, and, and I always forget this part, not just as a way of disposing of them, but, you know, if some, you, you don't want these things to fall into the wrong hands, right? Right, right. So we want to treat them, we want to treat them, as the Church says, according to the dignity of their purpose and, and objective use. So, yeah, you said burning and um, and uh, burying them, so we treat them just like we would, like let's say holy water. Now we don't burn the holy water, but we might we'll drain it into the ground, put it right back in the earth. All right, I want to talk about relics a little bit because you cover uh, them in the first uh, sort of section of your book, uh, and this is another one that I think that a lot of people who are not Catholic can story, sort of get their hands around a little bit, also. Uh, so recently, I was down at uh, Thomas Jefferson's estate which has been sort of well-preserved, but is when he died, he died in, like, massive death. They sold the whole thing out. A private group came in and has sort of restored it and kept it up and that sort of thing. And we went through the tour, and there were all these different places where they showed us the inside of his house. And uh, he'd point to something like a, a clock or a bed or a chair, and he's like, now this isn't the original chair. Oh, this is a recreation of the chair. And you could just see people like, oh, man, well, that's a bummer. Like, like people mm-hmm. were disappointed that it wasn't the actual thing that the actual guy had sat on. Right. I think that like is a little bit of a clue into at least how we think about relics as Catholics. Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, relics, when you talk about the first-class relics, which are, you know, the, the actual body parts of a holy person that the Church has declared and canonized as a saint in heaven— um, we're talking about more than just sentimentality. You know, this this is goes all the way back to Elisha's bones that he um, resurrected a man with in the Old Testament. Um, the, these are right. So the Holy Spirit is supposed to be inside every person, and the level of sanctification will, of course, you know, uh, be telling of the holiness of their temple. Um, so even after death, we believe that these relics of the of the saints have some sort of power. Now, we can't really put a, a great definition on it, um, and they're not always efficacious, but we believe that they were, were once the home and temple of the Holy Spirit. So we treat them um, greater than we do the telephone of Thomas Jefferson. We, we treat them um, as if they are in heaven and as if they are inter- intercessing um, with and through their temple that they lived with here on earth. We've got the Compendium of Sacramentals, which is a beautiful book. It'd be great to have just handy in your parish library. It's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Sean McAfee, thank you for putting this together. This is great stuff. I appreciate it. Thanks for the compliments. Again, you can find Sean's book, Compendium of Sacramentals, and all the stuff that all our guests have done at sunrisemorningshow.com. We'll talk to you tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Mike Aquilino will discuss his new Fathers of the Faith book entitled San Athanasius. Mark Brumley will share some of the latest titles from Ignatius Press while reflect on the story of the miraculous metal, the frequent traffic and weather. 
That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Hi, this is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. If you need life insurance, I can help process the best options for you and your family. You can reach me at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. For over 500 years, the church-honored spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola have formed many saints. This treasured way of personal prayer with God is now available to you for free. Order your free training manual at LordTeachMeToPray.com and bring Ignatian prayer to others. Lord Teach Me To Pray is approved by the USCCB. Order your free training manual at LordTeachMeToPray.com. That's LordTeachMeToPray.com. Lord Teach Me To Pray underwrites the Sunrise Morning Show. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. For Catholics, being united with God for eternity is the goal of earthly life. A Catholic cemetery is sacred because it holds our bodies, once temples of the Holy Spirit, until the Lord comes again. The Archdiocese of Cincinnati has consecrated Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery to provide this ministry and remind us that life is not ended, but changed. Today, you can ensure that you and your loved ones are interred in accordance with your faith. Call 513-489-0300 or visit gateofheaven.org. I'm Father Dan Schmidtmeyer, Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. clock on this Monday, the 27th of November, as we come off the Thanksgiving holiday and the Feast of Christ the King and head towards Advent, let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Blessed be the God of our salvation. You have brought all things into being. You have made us in your image and redeemed us in your love. You have destined us for everlasting life in your presence. O God, the giver of all good gifts, our desire to praise you is itself a blessing you have bestowed upon us. We offer you nothing that you do not already have except our love, which we render to you in worship and in service to all whom you redeem in Jesus Christ. Grant us glad gratitude in him who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. 
It is a better way to start a Monday, the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being along here on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. We are not too far away from, believe it or not, the Feast of St. Nicholas, which will be our all-day pledge drive, trying to raise $60,000 on that day. If you want to get on on Giving Tuesday and give us a head start toward that, we would be most appreciative. You can give online at sacredheartradio.com. Set us up for success heading into that pledge drive on the Feast of St. Nicholas. I'm Matt Sway. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Ackman has sports. Father Jeffrey Kirby will be along. We'll also talk to Father Patrick Briscoe. Get a look at the collect from the Feast of Christ the King and some of the way the verb tenses work in Latin with Dr. Benjamin Lewis from the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. And then more thoughts on personal prayer from Father Boniface Hicks at the end of the hour. So stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. You may be out of Turkey at this point, so go for a resupply. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Pope Francis is reportedly improving from flu-like symptoms over the weekend. That according to Matteo Bruni, the head of the Holy See Press Office. In his latest update earlier today, Bruni said the Pope is in good and stable condition, has no fever, and his respiratory situation is clearly improving. He confirmed as well that the Holy Father did have a CT scan over the weekend, which ruled out pneumonia, but did show pulmonary inflammation, which has caused some breathing difficulties. As such, the Holy Father canceled his Saturday audiences, but he did appear and participate a little bit in his Angelus address yesterday, during which the Holy Father reiterated his prayers for the Holy Land and for Ukraine. More on his catechesis in a moment. A young Israeli-American child, meanwhile, is among the hostages being reunited with family members after being released on the third day of the ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. Mark Mayfield reports. President Biden confirmed four-year-old Abigail Edan arrived safely back in Israel on Sunday in exchange for Palestinian prisoners. Speaking to reporters in Nantucket, Massachusetts, Biden said he's hopeful a four-day truce can be extended so all of the hostages, including other Americans, can safely return to their families. I'm Mark Mayfield. Israel reportedly has issues with the list of hostages set for release by Hamas later today. At the same time, the Hamas group also has concerns about the names of prisoners Israel is set to release. Qatari mediators are trying to resolve the issues on this fourth and, as of now, final day of a truce between those two sides. During his Angelus Address catechesis yesterday, the Holy Father reflected on the Feast of Christ the King. From Vatican Radio, Thaddeus Jones reports. In his prepared remarks read by Monsignor Paolo Braida, the Secretary of State, the Pope recalled when the Gospel speaks to us about the final judgment, telling us it will be based on our care for one another through charity and mercy. Il Vangelo ci parla del giudizio finale. Recalling the scene described in the Gospel of a great hall where Jesus is seated on a throne and all the peoples of the world are gathered at his feet, he said, the blessed are shown to be friends of the king. They're the ones who fed the hungry, took care of the sick and needy, and visited prisoners. Indeed, the criteria of Jesus, the Pope said, places importance on those serving the needy, the weakest, those who need our help. And this is because the Son of Man is a completely different king who calls the poor brethren, who identifies with the hungry, the thirsty, the outsiders, the sick, the imprisoned, and says, as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, 
you did it to me. The Pope said the gospel underscores that the blessed are those who show loving mercy through their service to people needing our help and companionship, by not ignoring them or turning them away, but by providing food, drink, clothing, shelter, and accompaniment. They're the friends of the king as they distinguish themselves by following his example through compassion, mercy, and tenderness. The Pope in his reflections recommended we examine our own lives and how much we recognize and believe in the centrality of mercy, the power of love, how charity is indispensable for believers, and if we are a friend of the king in being personally involved in the needs of the suffering people we find on our path. In conclusion, he said, may Mary, Queen of Heaven and Earth, help us to love Jesus, our King, in the least of our brethren. I'm Thaddeus Jones. And memorial services for former First Lady Rosalind Carter are set to begin today. The former First Lady will lie in repose in the lobby of the Jimmy Carter Presidential Library in Atlanta for members of the public to pay their respects. Her funeral will be held on Wednesday in Plains, Georgia, and she will be buried at the family residence. 8.06 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Other than the fact that I'm an FC Cincinnati fan, right. this was not a good weekend for me. You know what? Let's uh, let's start there. That's a good point, Anna Mitchell. You're a veteran to this uh, breaking bad news, so I will leave that for the last of my sports report. FC Cincinnati and the Columbus Crew have both advanced in the MLS playoffs. Cincinnati edged Philadelphia 1-0 after scoring their match winner deep into stoppage time. The Hell is Real Derby will have its third installment of the season nice. with both clubs facing off in the conference final next Saturday. Pretty exciting time That's to cool. be. Yeah, that is cool. Um, Not okay. so cool. The Bengals. The Bengals, not so cool. Bengals extended their losing streak following a 16-10 loss to that uh, rival team that plays in Pennsylvania known as the Steelers, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Bengals lost three in a row and will play the Jags a week from tonight on Monday mm, Night Football. Okay. Yeah. Against well, again, the Texans. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a road division game. But, yeah, the, they are, uh, I, I believe, 8-3. and three. Uh, the Jags are, or did they lose? I don't know who won that game. Uh, uh, the, I don't know. The Jags. That's yeah. The Jags won that game. Yeah, the Jags won that yeah, game. They okay. beat the Texans. Okay. Well, yeah. they yeah. Well, they are. Uh, they're an impressive team. They're one of the best teams in the AFC. That's and Trevor Lawrence, right? That's Trevor Lawrence yeah, and, and company. Yeah. And uh, Anna Mitchell, I gotta say it. Unfortunately, <laughs> the Ohio State Buckeyes suffered their first loss of the season, a thirty to twenty four thriller. Yeah, heartbreaker. Oh, is that how you? Is that was? It was a heartbreaker. It says thriller on my copy, but well, I might have it was changed it. Heartbreaker, and I would encourage you to change it to that language <laughs> for your next sports report, Paul. I, I will certainly do that. I, I got the capabilities for that, so <laughs> I will uh, check back in. It's about, fine. I'm fine. It's fine. I'm fine. Things can still shake up in your favor. Ohio State uh, looks fine for sure, but uh, it was. That's a tough atmosphere to win a game. The big yeah. house, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was, you know, there were some missed opportunities yeah. that, uh, you know, you can't miss those. I thought can't, the, you got to take advantage of the opportunities in a game like that. That was a weird game, though. I it did was a feel weird like weekend in every, college football. It's, you know, everybody everybody who 
should have won did in the rivalry games. But they but played them close. They were all close. They were all close. I mean, close. it was an exciting weekend in college football. I did feel like they reviewed a lot of plays in that Ohio State-Michigan game. I felt like every mm-hmm. other play got reviewed. But yeah, there were I, a lot of close plays. They, they did pretty good officiating, I would say. Yeah, for the most part. For the most there part. was one that I highly disagreed with, uh, but I'm not going to let that, you know, I mean, you're the one that brought it up. I you're wasn't right. going to that, say that's it. true. That's true. It was on me. I'm. I'm not. Uh, and I'm. I won't uh, poke the bear no longer. Thank you. I will. Uh, Thank you. I will Thank go you. right to uh, traffic now. On a Monday, traffic <laughs> a service of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio, on the web at LarkinCobb.com. Take it away, Anna. Northbound 7175, running a little slow from 275 up to the river. Northbound 471, you're on the brakes from Alexandria Pike up to the river. On the Ohio side of things, southbound 75, slowing through the Lachlan split. Northbound 75, a little slow from Mitchell up toward the Norwood lateral. Uh, Southbound 71, I hesitate to even report this, but you are heavy between uh, Ronald Reagan and the Norwood lateral. Outer loop of 275, slowing uh, west and north from Ward's Corner up toward the 71 interchange. Now for weather, mostly cloudy this morning in Cincinnati, but more afternoon sun. Not that that's going to warm things up. A high today of 36 degrees. Clear and cold tonight, an overnight low of 21. It'll feel like 10, apparently. So that's fun. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and chilly with a high of 33 degrees. For the Miami Valley, Dayton area, mostly cloudy with a chance of a flurry today. High around 35, partly cloudy tonight and cold with an overnight low of 19. Partly cloudy and cold tomorrow with a high of 30 degrees. Today is Monday, November the 27th. Happy to have you along with us here on the Sunrise Morning Show on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. It's 11 past now. Matt. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Jeffrey Kirby, who's the author of a number of books and the compiler of A Year with the Popes, Daily Meditations with the Vicar of Christ. It's a handy little leather-bound book, and it's uh, it's fairly substantial. Father Kirby, welcome back. Thank you, Matt. Good to be on the show. Well, you only have a few thousand years of people to deal with here <laughs> in selecting uh, daily readings. How in the world did you go about figuring out what to use and uh, who to draw from? Yes, I, I wanted the first part of the book to be a real biblical basis in terms of, of the office of the papacy. So that, that part was easier. And then walking through the different generations of church history, uh, really just selected things that were more maybe spiritually pertinent or things that might you know help with contemporary issues or events in you know, church history, which is for many parts Western history, that people may not have realized the Pope had some thoughts about. And so, you know, for example, like the slave trade to just really document the denunciations by the Popes of, of the slave trade. And, and so various factors played into what was selected and what was not. And what I was all done with the, you know, different quotes and, and ideas, I think I had over a thousand. So <laughs> needless to say, there was a several processes of cutting, 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 and to finally get into 365. And you you got kind of like a chronology to these, too, as you go through day by day. How's that uh, kind of flow? Yes. So the first part, again, is just basically the biblical basis. So we, I, mean, I, I start with Isaiah in terms of the 
prophecies of the key bearer, and then, you know, the ministry of the Lord to the, the Gospels, and actually the Apostles, the ministry of St. Peter, and then uh, the two letters of St. Peter in the New Testament, and then, uh, and then, you know, yeah, just basically taking it generation by generation and, and trying to highlight, you know, different aspects in each generation, trying to make sure that there's at least something from, from some generations, uh, believe it or not, it's, Interesting how much we often we talk about you know the good popes and the bad popes, but sometimes we don't mention the the lukewarm popes or some popes were or, or some whole generations where I'm literally scratching my head and saying, "Someone, come, come on, guys, someone had to do something." <laughs> like, is there something that I could draw from this generation, you know, or, or the particular century? And uh, and that really was my effort was to show that flow, that movement of. You know, just the, the the role, the influence, the spiritual fatherhood of the Pope through the ages of, of of the Church's history. Well, and obviously, you have uh, a certain section or two of popes who happen to have been like really extraordinary. Like, you know, you would think once in a lifetime teachers, but then we got John Paul II and Benedict the Sixteenth back to back, who are some of the most quotable men in Church history. <laughs> so, yeah. n- necessarily, you have to have. A little bit more from them, but when it comes to each day's reflection, how are those set up? Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, first, just to clarify, when it says a year with the popes, it does mean you have to start in January. Um, so, it's not based on a, on a calendar date. So, someone could begin a year with the popes on any day of the year that they would want, and then each day has an intro and then a quote from a particular pope on some related topic, spiritual or some event. And then after that, there's two questions, a kind of examination of conscience, like how does what was just taught by a particular pope apply to us and to our discipleship, and then there's a concluding prayer. The the opening uh, intro is really important each uh, day because, you know, sometimes there's a, a context is needed, like what, why is this particular teaching important or why is it more pressing? Uh, for example, you know, the quote by Pope Pius V calling all Christians to pray the rosary. And of course, that's significant because of the Battle of Lepanto. Well, if someone doesn't understand the Battle of Lepanto, they may not understand why that was so pressing. And so in the intro leading to the quote, it's explained, this is a battle between Christians and Muslim forces. And if the battle had been lost, Christendom you know, would have fallen, the faith in Europe would have been lost, and so on. So, so the context in that intro is, is meant to help the reader to understand why this quote is so important or particular or pressing well and you got as you mentioned at the beginning of this it's amazing the breadth of things that people cover you know i i think about you know pope francis uh you know late in his life having everybody's prayer requests from every single horrible thing happening in the world laid at his feet every morning and saying pope (laughs) pope francis what does the church think about this thing that's happening in this part of the world, or that part of the world, or with this bishop's conference, or that bishop's conference? And it's, you know, I think we feel that now in the present age. But just to look back at everything from communism to the founding of the United States to major theological moments uh, like the Assumption of Mary, all these, uh, you know, you kind of have little highlights and 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 bits and pieces from. Uh, was there anything that was like a surprise to you as you were putting some of this stuff together? Yes, many surprises. This book actually took about two years of, of research and, and, and cutting and editing. Um, one that stands out in terms of, of a surprise it was uh, the, the strong teaching of Pope Benedict XV 
before and during World War One, and I was aware of you know that he was calling for peace you know before World War One, but didn't realize uh, how adamant or or, or extreme uh, he was in terms of really calling you know the Christian nations at this point to peace and to not pursue this. So that that was inspiring and a surprise just to read his stuff in terms of the call for peace and the arguments from the scriptures that he was using for, at that time, the Christian nations of Europe to preserve peace. There's a lot in here. Uh, and again, it, it begins with Peter and uh, goes all the way up through Pope Francis. And uh, there's necessarily a lot uh, to be covered. Uh, but if our listeners want to connect with you, Father Jeffrey Kirby, and get a copy of your book, A Year with the Pope, Steadily Meditations with the Vicar of Christ, especially if they want to begin the new year uh, with some kind of resource um, that has daily meditations in it, uh, how do they get a copy of this? Yep, so they can get it from the publisher, uh, TAM Books. It's also available on uh, the EWTM Religious Catalog, and of course, local Catholic bookstores uh, can order it for, for people. All right, it's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father Kirby, thank you as always, uh, and thanks for highlighting some, uh, and in some ways, sort of hidden treasures of the papacy in this work. Amen. Thank you, Matt. My pleasure. All right, we're back with traffic and weather right after this. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Mike Aquilino will discuss his new Fathers of the Faith book entitled San Athanasius. Mark Brumley will share some of the latest titles from Ignatius Press while reflect on the story of the miraculous metal, the frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, Merlot, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay. When you're looking for an extensive selection of fine, handcrafted wines from around the world, it's the BFM Wine Shop on Bridgetown Road. BFM Wine stocks over a 1,000 labels of high-quality wine from boutique wineries and small producers. There's also the Wine of the Month, their e-newsletter, and pairing suggestions with fine food. The BFM Wine Shop, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, on the web at bridgetownfindermeats.com. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families. Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Twenty past now on the Sunrise Morning Show, and this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton. On the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Largely clearing out on the interstates, but a few lingering slow spots. Southbound 75 heading through the Lachlan Split. Northbound 471, a little slow from Alexandria Pike up to the river. Now for weather. 
mostly cloudy this morning in Cincinnati. Could see some more afternoon sunshine, but it's cold. A high of 36 degrees today. Clear and cold tonight with an overnight low of 21. It'll be mostly sunny tomorrow and still cold with a high of 33. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, mostly cloudy. Slight chance of a flurry today with a high around 35. Partly cloudy and cold tonight with an overnight low of 19. Partly cloudy tomorrow and a high of 30 degrees. Now please pray with me the prayer for Ohio. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart, offer the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in pregnant and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, protector of the unborn, pray for us. Father Patrick Briscoe joins us next. It's 22 past. Family, if you're disappointed that your recent vote for life didn't count, then let your vote for pro-life radio be multiplied many times over when local Catholics come together to raise $60,000 during Sacred Heart Radio's Advent Pledge Drive on the Feast of St. Nicholas, Wednesday, December 6th. That day, your pledge to give $10, $20, $50 or more every month throughout 2024 is a winning vote for pro-family, pro-life radio and for the message of God's love and mercy now heard on our seven media platforms. Of course, that 60000 is really only a fraction of what we'll need to keep operating all next year. So now is the time to share Sacred Heart Radio with everyone so they too will be illumined by the light of Christ and want to keep pro-life radio alive by helping us raise $60,000 during our Advent Pledge Drive on December 6th. Of course, if you'd like to vote now, just visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Donate. And thank you. Tim Maley here, General Manager at Shock Tile and Carpet. Shock is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Family owned and operated since 1928, Shock hopes this season is filled with many blessings to you and yours. In the market for hardwood, check out MSI's Ladson and McCarran. Manufactured from European white oak, these engineered planks are on trend and highly sophisticated. Residential, commercial, new home construction, 513-922-3466 or shocktile.com. That's S-C-H-O-C-H tile.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Ken Herbert Plumbing. Ken Herbert Plumbing, a drain cleaning specialist, uses color drain cameras to help find and fix drainage issues. Ken Herbert Plumbing, for residential and commercial plumbing repair, 513-383-2974. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. 
25 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 740 a.m., 910 a.m. Good morning to everyone listening online and via the Sunrise Morning Show app. If you'd like to download our app, you haven't done so already, really encourage you to do so, especially as we are in these colder months and, um, well, it's not really the cold that is the issue. It's the fact that it gets dark, like dark before six o'clock. Of course, we have to turn down our power um, at sundown. And so if you want to be able to hear Paul Lockman's traffic reports loud and clear on driving home the faith in the afternoons, download the Sacred Heart Radio app so that you can listen live through Bluetooth or just through your phone, your earbuds or, you know, whatever it is that you use to listen. Um, That would be a good call right now because it is interference free. You don't get all the stuff on your phone. Loud and clear. SacredHeartRadio.com. 26 minutes past the hour now. Matt? The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Boniface Hicks, and he is the author of a book called Personal Prayer, and it is a great handy guide to kind of really get the landscape of Christian prayer. Father, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Great to be with you. So I don't know exactly how... Uh, I process this. I mean, I sort of know a little bit about how I process this as an evangelical Christian. Um, but this question of praying without ceasing, it's a scriptural principle to pray without ceasing. But some of us got to get our kids ready for school. <laughs> you know, some of us have to, you know, wash dishes. Some of us have to sleep at certain points. You probably do this better than most because it's built into your schedule in ways that's not built into other people's schedule. But how in the world does a Christian pray without ceasing? <laughs> well, you certainly have to understand that uh, prayer is is more than just a mental prayer, or saying words. You know, or the uh, the Catechism has a really helpful division of the three kinds of of prayer: uh, vocal prayer, meditation, and contemplation. And then it notes under uh, the, the sort of mosaic description of contemplation that, uh, that this is the kind of uh, prayer that we can do all the time. And then we, lo- we learn that, that prayer, uh, St. Francis de Sales is also helpful with this. He talks about contemplation or contemplative prayer being a loving awareness of God's presence. And Augustine talks about it in terms of desire. And so we have to move away from uh, an understanding of prayer, which is an active effort of the will, uh, and or actively thinking or saying something, to understanding the, the loving awareness. So one can have an awareness of things happening in a room, in their house, in their vicinity, while still thinking about something else. So you could be getting your kids ready for school and also be aware that Jesus is in your house. Or we can have a desire for someone, for something, at the same time that we're carrying out some other kind of action or thinking about something else. I have that uh, desire for pizza, and I'm fully engaged in my homework at the moment. Um, That's a little bit crass. Uh, uh, Jesus is much greater than pizza. But anyway, we can uh, I'm going to clip that. We're going to save that sound bite for later. Jesus is much greater than pizza. (laughs) Paul, make a note of that in the time code. You heard it from a real monk. So there you go. <laughs> so 
we can have a, a desire to uh, for, for something beautiful to happen later in the day, and yet we're fully engaged in the thing that we're doing now. And, and so through awareness, through desire, um, and then as we, we talk about in the book, also through vulnerability, having a real openness of heart. I can be undefended, transparent. My heart can be on the surface, we might say, and so I'm really open in my relationship with the Lord, and that makes it possible for me to vibrate at the Spirit's touch, which is an expression that John Paul II used in one of his letters uh, describing the intimacy of uh, that we can have in prayer as we grow in our, our relationship with God. So those are some ways to just uh, separate out the idea of prayer from an active thinking, doing, which is also important, of course, but it's the, it's the way that love also has a way of, of permeating love is expressed in certain actions. We have to tell our beloved and work for our beloved, but we also can continue loving even beyond those actions. Well, it's interesting uh, because we did sort of try and get at the edges of this. Uh, in I heard preaching on this idea of practicing the presence of God, and I heard that it came from uh, the thought of this guy named Brother Lawrence, which didn't mean much to me because, you know, uh, at prayer meetings, you know, Brother Steve would lead the singing and Brother, uh, you know, Dan would lead the prayer. And, like, we just called people brother. I did not know that Brother Lawrence was actually a, a Carmelite lay brother <laughs> in a Catholic monastery <laughs> in the 17th century. Uh, and so I didn't understand that that's the kind of framework that he was coming from and that he was coming from really ultimately a sacramental worldview. Uh, and I think that that helps put a lot of it together because if we know that God works through the sacraments in unique and specific ways through the Eucharist, through baptism, through confession. To me, that at least opens an avenue to see him and and look for him everywhere through other things that are not as grace-filled in the same unique way as the sacraments, but still, because they are made by God, uh, that I can still make some sort of connection and, and have an awareness, like a more consistent awareness. I, I'm not saying I'm good at it, but it helps me. Yeah, the, it helps us to tune into what is sometimes called the sacrament of the present moment. Uh, the uh, and as you say uh, very beautifully, that the, the whole world begins to communicate God to us in in various ways, and so we can become aware of Him in the present moment. That we can become aware of Him through so many other gestures and signs of, of things around us. So what would you say to somebody who would love to try and do a better job of this today but doesn't know where to begin? <laughs> what would be like some, like maybe one practical thing for them to remember as they head out into the world today and want to figure out, like, how can I, how can I get at this concept of prayer without ceasing? Yeah, I think uh, what you just described is a great starting point, just becoming aware of Jesus in the present moment, uh, that he is with me. And recollecting myself, gathering myself together, and just making an, an act of awareness of, of God's loving presence with me, whatever I'm doing. You're driving in the car, he's sitting in the, the seat next to you. You're walking down the street, he's walking right next to you. He's, everything you're doing, he is with you. And as we do that actively over, a, over uh, some time, it starts to become uh, habitual. It starts to become part of us. Well, thank you so much, Father Bonavis Hicks. He's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. 33 past. Here's Anna with news. Good morning. Pope Francis is, quote, clearly improving from flu-like symptoms over the weekend. That according to Matteo Bruni, the head of the Holy See Press Office. 
In his latest update earlier today, Bruni said the Pope is in good and stable condition. He has no fever and his respiratory situation is clearly improving. He confirmed as well that the Holy Father did have a CT scan over the weekend, which ruled out pneumonia, but did show pulmonary inflammation, which has caused some breathing difficulties. The Holy Father canceled his Saturday audiences, but did appear and participate a little bit for his Angelus address. And in it, he reiterated his prayers for the Holy Land and for Ukraine. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. Pope Francis led the Angelus from his residence at Casa Santa Marta as he continues to deal with flu-like symptoms that have kept him from a number of his scheduled appointments. The Pope's Gospel Reflection and Post-Angelus Appeals were read by Monsignor Paolo Luca Braida, the head of office and the Secretary of State. The Holy Father thanked God for the pause in fighting between Israel and Hamas and for the exchange of hostages and prisoners being held by the warring parties. The Pope appealed, too, for prayers that all might be freed as soon as possible, urging us to think of their families. He also asked for prayers that more humanitarian aid might find its way to Gaza, while insisting on the need for dialogue. Those who do not want dialogue, he said, do not want peace. Pope Francis also noted yesterday's commemoration of the Holodomor, the genocide by starvation of millions of Ukrainians under the Soviet Union in the 1930s. That lacerating wound, instead of healing, is made even more painful by the atrocities of the war that continues to make that dear people suffer, the Pope said, in reference to the ongoing invasion of Ukraine by Russia. Pope Francis called for continued, untiring prayers for all peoples torn apart by conflict, saying that prayer is the force for peace that shatters the spiral of violence, breaks the cycle of vengeance, and offers unexpected paths of reconciliation. I'm Christopher Wells. President Biden says he's talking with leaders in the Middle East in an effort to extend a four-day ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. Biden said the goal is to allow the release of more hostages. He did confirm a four-year-old Israeli-American girl was among the hostages relieved, released, relieved, released yesterday. Meanwhile, Israel reportedly has issues with the list of hostages set for release by Hamas later today. At the same time, Hamas apparently also has concerns with the names of prisoners that Israel is set to release. Qatari mediators are trying to resolve the issue on this fourth and, as of now, final day of a truce between the two sides. Senator Michael Bennett believes there is broad bipartisan support in the Senate for an aid package which would include Ukraine, but concedes that support likely is not there in the House. More from Mark Mayfield. Speaking on CBS Face the Nation, the Colorado Democrat was referring to President Biden's request for a combined $14 billion aid package that combines Ukraine, Israel, Southeast Asia, and the U.S.-Mexico border. Bennett stressed the importance of continuing support for Ukraine, not just for the country itself, but for democracy as a whole. Many House Republicans want to vote on aid to Ukraine to be separated from votes related to Israel and the U.S. southern border. I'm Mark Mayfield. And parts of the country are seeing cold weather as people head home from the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. In the Great Lakes region, below average temperatures will trigger lake effect snow. And travel could be dangerous in parts of the Midwest into the Northeast. Heavy rain 
is also possible along the Gulf Coast and the Mid-Atlantic into New England. Please know of our prayers if you are among those traveling today. 837 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. All right, let's get this over with. Bengals lose their third straight game of the season and uh, drop the five and six following a uh, 16 to 10 defeat at home to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cincinnati will be back in action on the road, taking on the Jags a week from tonight. Michigan and Alabama were among the big winners in the final week of college football's regular season. The Wolverines came away with a victory in the game after topping Ohio State in a 30-24 heartbreaker in Ann Arbor. Michigan improved to 12-0 after earning their third straight win over the Buckeyes. Thank you for changing your language. I did my best. Uh, The uh, Michigan team will face Iowa in the uh, Big Ten Championship on Saturday. Uh, How about Ohio State basketball? They dominated Santa Clara in the Emerald Coast Classic Championship game. Buckeyes blew out the Broncos 86-56 in Destin, Florida. Xavier will continue their season tonight. Musketeers are 4-2 and and will play host to Oakland. That's a look at uh, sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by you. Yes, your donations make Catholic Radio possible, so to give a gift of any amount, please visit SacredHeartRadio.com and click Donate or call 513-731-7740. And thank you. Most loving Jesus, when I consider your tender heart and see it full of mercy and tenderness towards sinners, my own heart is filled with joy and confidence that I shall be so kindly welcomed by you. I weep for my sins and detest them because they offend you, infinite goodness. Mercifully grant me pardon for them all and let me die rather than offend you again. At least let me live only to love you in return. Amen. The Sunrise Morning Show continues as we come off of the Feast of Christ the King and head towards Advent. It's a good time to look at some of the 
liturgical translations that are in the mix here with Dr. Benjamin Lewis, Director of Translation Services for the International Commission on English in the Liturgy, known as ISIL. Dr. Benjamin Lewis, good morning. Oh, do we have him? I think we might have a uh, an issue with his line here. We'll get to him in a second. Paul, just let me know when you got him. Oh, we got him? Dr. Lewis? Oh, false alarm. I got so excited. Well, we'll see if we can get him. It's, uh, you know, we came back after a weekend of running best of shows since Thursday. And uh, everybody's trying to kind of figure out how to do a morning show again, including and especially some of our guests. Looks like we've lost a couple of them this morning. Uh, is Anna Mitchell around? I am here. You're Hi, around. Matt. I'm just checking. I'm just talking into the ether. Just a puff of air, as it were. A puff of air. Well, I did want to take a, a moment to just let you know that Paul got in my ear and says we, do- we got diagnosed. Oh, okay. I'll talk to you in a minute, Anna we'll Mitchell. Chat. We'll chat later. I'll talk to you in a minute, Anna Mitchell. Dr. Benjamin Lewis now with us. Dr. Lewis, good morning. Oh, we lost him again. We lost him again. One last shot. Are you there? What is uh, going we'll try on? My, we'll try him on a telephone here in a minute. Okay, well, we'll chat now and see if Dr. Lewis is available on the telephone here in just a, just a moment. Uh, but... Anna Mitchell, I just wanted to connect with you on what some of the folks called Cyber Monday. Oh, uh, right, right. On what I refer to as National Unsubscribe to Corporate Emails Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, because oh, I, know. I woke up to 5 million emails in my inbox. And I know it can be very distracting with that many emails in the mix, but there's only really kind of one email I want to point people towards. And that is if you subscribe to the Sunrise Morning Show email, we'll, you'll get one email a day from us. It'll happen first thing in the morning. It'll have a link to the live video stream and the show notes of the guests and the prayers that we pray. Our email is not to sell you stuff, but to give you stuff, which is connections to Great Catholic Radio. Although, this time of year, I do want to encourage people to pay attention to one, maybe two emails you will probably get between now and December 6th, which will have info on how you can give to help us out with our $60,000 goal on our December 6th Pledge Drive for the Feast of St. Nicholas. Anna Mitchell, I know that Pledge Drive is your favorite thing in the world, so you're very excited about this. It is not quite this Wednesday, but it is almost this Wednesday. Almost. Because we've got this Wednesday would be the 29th. Right. Later this week, it will be this coming Wednesday. So put it on your calendars. Yeah, put it on your calendars. Feast of St. Nicholas. Get it ready to go. Is that music? That music means that we've got somebody on the line, don't we? (laughs) Dr. Benjamin Lewis, how are you? Doing well. How are you, Matt? I'm doing great. And uh, we just came off of the Feast of Christ the King. And you've been doing some really neat work in sort of pointing out um, that overlooked blurb that happens in the mass the collect prayer right which swaps out on big feast days that's and, right uh, you had some stuff to point out about the collect for the feast of christ the king uh that some of our listeners might not have noticed that's right so i want to just read to you the collect prayer which you might have uh you might have missed at the beginning of mass yesterday and um i want to talk a little bit about tenses i know we've talked before about tenses in these collect prayers, and sometimes you have a a movement from past 
action to present request to future hope. Um, so I want to think a little bit about um, the tenses of the collect prayer for Christ the King Sunday. Almighty, ever-living God, whose will is to restore all things in your beloved Son, the King of the universe, grant, we pray, that the whole creation, set free from slavery, may render your majesty service and ceaselessly proclaim your praise. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. All right, so uh, we got a bunch of different things going on there. <laughs> and uh, we, we actually, interestingly enough, uh, start out with some eschatology. So uh, the, at least in the English, the first thing is uh, the final goal, which is the restoration of all things in Christ. And then we sort of talk about ourselves a little bit. But how do these tenses play out in the Latin? Yeah, so I, I want to focus on just that first relative clause, uh, whose almighty ever-living God, whose will is to restore all things in your beloved Son. Uh, in English there, we have it as a present tense. God's will is to restore all things. But what's interesting is that in the Latin of the prayer, it's actually a perfect tense, voluisti. So it's God uh, he, you have willed to restore all things in your beloved son. But the interesting thing about Latin is uh, Latin has one, one tense uh, that where English would have two tenses. So Latin has a perfect tense, which we could translate as a simple past tense in English. So if you think of something like yesterday, I ate breakfast. That's a simple past uh, today, I have eaten breakfast. We could, we could call that a, a present perfect. In Latin, there's just the one tense for both of those ideas. So when we see a perfect tense in Latin, we could translate it as a simple past. God willed to restore all things in Christ. Or we could translate it as a present perfect. He has willed to restore all things um, and so that it, frequently in, in liturgical texts, that present perfect sense is very much uh, to the fore in these prayers. So if you think about um, we're, we're commemorating liturgically uh, the fact that Christ not just was the king of the universe, but he is. He was and is and always will be the king of the universe. So we can sometimes kind of play with the tenses a little bit. Um, and, and treat this as a present perfect rather than a simple past tense. It's not just that God willed it once in the past and it's done with, and, and, and that's the end of it. It's that it was his will, and it is his will, and it will continue to be his will for all time. Um, so we, we, an earlier draft of this prayer, we actually translated it as a present perfect. You have willed to restore all things in your beloved Son, but then we, we pushed it even a little further to say, uh, oh, Almighty, ever-living God, whose will is. Um, and we, we've kind of we pushed it a little bit further into the present tense um, because I think we're on pretty firm theological grounds, right? God's will doesn't change. Uh, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he willed it in the past, he has willed it, and he is, it is his will. Um, so that's... Well, it, that's you're dealing with a... 
well, you're dealing with a few different things. So his will is eternal because he is eternal, <laughs> right? Right. And uh, in English, uh, this is a, is is a state of being verb. And what is right. the first person uh, singular of the state of being verb? But am right, like right. I am <laughs> right. So whose will yeah. is? So just as he is right, his will is. Uh, you know, I imagine that this is a little bit. A little bit tricky and quirky when you're dealing with someone who is eternally in the present tense. Right, right. Yeah. So, so, so we've got so we've got this sense that it's not just a past will, but it's but it's something that continues into the present. Very cool. What a neat insight. Uh, this is again the Colic Prayer for Christ the King Sunday, and as it stands currently translated, Almighty Ever Living God, whose will is to restore all things. And your beloved son, the king of the universe, grant we pray that the whole creation, set free from slavery, may render your majesty service and ceaselessly proclaim your praise. I suppose we could have a whole other segment on what it means <laughs> for people to set free to then go and render service. <laughs> but that's yes, another question yeah. for another time. Dr. Lewis, if our listeners want to uh, find out more about you, and especially if they want to get the Divine Office hymnal, perhaps as a Christmas gift for somebody, how do they do so? Yeah, you can reach out to us on the web at icellweb.org. And the Divine Office hymnal is currently being published by GIA. Very cool. And it's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Dr. Lewis, thank you as always. Have a great day. Thank you, Matt. You too. All right, back after this, it's 10 till. Why do so many businesses choose to underwrite Sacred Heart Radio? It's because our radio signals reach over 600,000 Catholics locally who've told us they want to use the businesses they hear on Sacred Heart Radio. Listeners that are also in the perfect target consumer group, according to our latest survey. And this is the ideal time to get your business in front of our listeners with our special Christmas underwriting packages. To find out more, email me, Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Support is for MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. The Catholic Church teaches the importance of a respectful Christian burial for the body, which was a temple of the Holy Spirit here on earth. This includes cremated remains, which is the body in a different form. The prayerful, peaceful atmosphere of the consecrated grounds of Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery reflect respect for those laid to rest there and for their loved ones. Be prepared and give the gift of peace of mind to your family. Call 513-489-0300 or visit gateofheaven.org. To keep Pro-Life Radio alive next year, Sacred Heart Radio listeners will begin by raising $60,000 on Wednesday, December 6th. So ask everyone to listen now and to help us raise $60,000 on December 6th during our Advent Pledge Drive. 
with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Patrick Briscoe. He's editor of Our Sunday Visitor. Good morning, Father. Having me on today. It is good to have you back. And we're going to be talking about the, shall we call them infamous, instructions from the Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith about people who have identified as transgender, whether they can be baptized or serve as godparents or witnesses at a wedding. And to read most of the headlines, Father, um, especially in the secular media, you could easily believe that these instructions represent a seismic shift or dare say uh, a rupture in church teaching. But is that the case? Yeah, and uh, that's absolutely right. Uh, that when we were looking at the headlines, it was one of those situations where I, I was just, I found myself so frustrated because I felt like the press had just gotten it completely wrong again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the recent instruction that we received, you know, there were there were six points um, uh, about this, and there were questions about that as the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith, the Vatican's doctrinal uh, office, and as the dicastery considered, there were six questions um, concerning what they termed uh, homoaffective and transsexual persons and their participation in the life of the church. So some of the questions were about whether or not um, someone could serve as a godparent or as a witness at a wedding. And I suppose I, I chose in, in our commentary uh, that I ran over at our Sunday visitor to focus on the question about the baptism of, uh, of a transgender person, um, because I, I thought that was the, the most germane, and that was the part of the question that was getting the most attention, uh, especially given um, the, the Holy Father's recent welcome to a number of um, transsexual, transgender prostitutes at the Vatican. Yes. And so what exactly did the dicastery say in this regard? So the, the bottom line is that anyone who fulfills the requirements of baptism of the church can be baptized. Uh, and I, I think that that's, that's what, we, what we have to remember. Uh, so you say, oh, well, what are, the, what are, what are those requirements uh, of the church? Well, the Code of Canon Law lays them out for us. So for someone to be baptized, the person has to have manifested the intention to receive baptism, to have been instructed sufficiently about the truths of the faith, and have been tested in Christian life. Uh, so, so I think that would mean that everyone who would approach the church at baptism would, ha- would have to accept uh, a Catholic vision for life and, and, accept, uh, and accept church teaching. Yeah, and, you know, one thing that I find particularly frustrating uh, with the secular media and, and others is that there is this narrative about Pope Francis that they will, they're just clinging to um, everyone assuming that, that, well, I shouldn't say everyone, those people assuming that Pope Francis is, is gearing up to change church teaching on, on these matters, you know, setting aside, Father, that this shows a complete lack of trust in the Holy Spirit's ability to guard the church against falling into error, I think it also shows a lack of awareness of what Pope Francis actually says. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Pope Francis has clearly denounced 
transgender ideology multiple times. I mean, as, re as recently as this spring, when the Holy Father was speaking to Hungarian civil authorities, uh, he, he made it clear that uh, gender ideology is a very dangerous colonization. You know, this, this is the kind of phrase that, that he's latched on to, that he uses multiple, mul uh, that, that he's used multiple times. Yeah, and so I, I think the key here, right, is to allow there to be a kind of breadth and depth to the human condition, um, to 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 go on um, with with the Holy Father, uh, to 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 follow him uh, as he continues to navigate a kind of pastoral approach, but without suggesting that that would undermine uh, the the doctrine or the longstanding teaching of the church. Yeah. Well, Father Patrick has a rather helpful piece over at our Sunday Visitor that I would highly encourage you to share with anyone that might be saying otherwise um, about Pope Francis, about this instruction from the dicastery and the like. Our Sunday Visitor linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father, thank you. Hey, have a great day. You do the same, Father. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for this Monday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show. We'll look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow on a Tuesday. Until then, for Matt Swayman, Paul Lockman, Travis Smith on video, I'm Anna Mitchell. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. Support is from MediShare. Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that is MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save many families up to 500 bucks a month, and that is huge. But it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The member satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works, too. It's been around for 30 years. Members have shared more than $5 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, really, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with. You can call right now. You'll get a price within two minutes. So see what you can say. This is a very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. Call 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Support comes from On a Mission to Love. For books, handcrafted gifts for baptism, communion, confirmation, wedding, birthdays, and more. All deeply based in the rosary and devotion to our Holy Mother. Onamissiontolove.com. That's Onamissiontolove.